What is up, freaks? It's your boy, Marty Bent, here to introduce this episode of Rabbit Hole Recap. High-quality pre-Thanksgiving rip. A lot of good tips on how to pr- approach your Thanksgiving dinner conversation in, in regards to Bitcoin and a bunch of other topics. You're going to make sure to listen till the end of this one, freaks. It was brought to you by our good friends at the motherfucking Cash App. Cash App's making it very easy to stack sats. What the hell is a sat, you may be asking? There's 100 million sats in one whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a whole Bitcoin. You don't have to buy a fraction of a Bitcoin. You can stack whole sats instead. Cash App makes it very easy. You can DCA in sats. You can set price limits where you want to buy sats, and and it'll automatically execute within the app. Cash App's also... Uh, going to enable the ability for <clears throat> users to send their Bitcoin off of Cash App to uh, pay to taproot addresses uh, in on December 1st. So they're on the cutting edge of Bitcoin technology. Cash App can be your bank account. They're offering account numbers and routing numbers. You can get your paychecks direct deposited into the app to streamline your SAT stacking as well. If you haven't downloaded the app, make sure you do so using the code stackingsats. That's S-T-A-C-K-I-N-G-S-A-T-S. You're going to get $10 and $10 is going to go to our good friends at Owls Lacrosse. That's Owls Lacrosse. This trip was also brought to you by our good friends at Unchained Capital. Unchained Capital is here to help you eliminate single points of failure in your custody model. This is uh, most acutely highlighted in their Vault product, which is a two or three multi-C quorum where you hold two keys and Unchained holds one. You always have the ability to move your UTXOs in and out of your multi-sig wallet as you see fit. But if you're ever in a pinch, Unchained is there to be the second in the two or three multi-sig. They have a white glove concierge service that's going to take you from zero to having a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats in a vault. Uh, it comes with multiple video conference calls to get you comfortable with multi-sig, to get you comfortable with the vault. They're going to send you hardware wallets, help you get them set up, make sure you have everything backed up. And then again, once the once you have their hardware wallets, you have your private public key pairs set up in the multi-sig uh, quorum ready to go. You're going to create it and then they're going to dump a thousand cuck bucks worth of sats into that vault. If you tell them that TFTC sent you, you're going to get $50 off that package. Go check out that vault product and everything else they have at Unchained at unchained.com. Incredible blog series, uh, incredible content. If you're looking at orange pill, pre-coiners and new coiners. Uh, this rip is also brought to you by friends at Compass Mining. Compass Mining is here to get more individuals into the mining game. They want more individual ownership of hash rate so that the mining layer of Bitcoin is more distributed. They have at-home mining services. Uh, so you go to compassmining.io, you can buy an ASIC. They'll have that ASIC sent to your house uh, so that you can plug it in. And then on top of that, they're going to have the support team there. Uh, to tell you what you need to do to get that miner plugged in. It's not trivial. you got to have specific electrical infrastructure set up. Uh, you're going to need to know how to connect to your, your uh, miner's IP and how to point that at a pool. Uh, it's not straightforward. There's a ton of guides on it, but if you want handheld support, uh, the Compass Mining team is here to make sure that you can get that ASIC, get it plugged in, and start streaming sats to a wallet of your choice as soon as possible. They also have an incredible content team putting out a weekly newsletter uh, and podcast. Shout out to Zach Vole and Will Foxley for doing incredible things on the content side. Uh, and then they also have hosting partners uh, where you can buy an ASIC and get it plugged in at a hosting facility at competitive electricity costs. Go check out everything they have going on at, excuse me, uh, compassmining.io. This rip, last but not least, was brought to you by good friends at Brains. Brains OS is, or excuse me, Brains is the team behind Slushpool which is the oldest mining pool in the Bitcoin world. They've mined over 1.25 million Bitcoins in their existence. Uh, They upgraded the pool earlier this summer uh, to 
uh, increase the the granularity with which you you can do things with your pool payouts. If you have multiple people in a mining operation, uh, you can have percentage percentage splits so that uh, the the sats get divvied up uh, within the slush pool app, and so you don't have to do that personally after the fact. Uh, they have threshold payouts, so if you want to wait till you stack ten million sats before setting it off, you can do that as well. Uh, and then it brings us plus firmware, which is an auditing firmware, which helps you stack more sats with your hash. If you're uh, have if you have an ASIC that's compatible with BrainsOS Plus firmware and you're not using it, you're leaving sats on the table. It's as simple as that. So go to brains.com, B-R-A-I-I-N-S.com to check out everything they have to offer. Uh, and they've recently launched insights, launched insights.brains.com, uh, where you can find a bunch of tools to to calculate mining profitability, the cost of mine of Bitcoin, get up-to-date stats on different mining rigs, their profitability, their performance, uh, and a bunch of other things. Uh, shout out to Dan F- Daniel Frumps, who's uh, who's uh, bad experience of trying to find all this data in disparate locations. That's your last having inspired insights.brains.com. You can find all the data he wanted in one spot in this one spot on insights.brains.com. Go check it out and enjoy this rip of rabbit hole recap. Love all you freaks. Happy Thanksgiving to my American freaks, but happy Thanksgiving to everybody uh, around the world listening to this podcast. Thankful for all of you. All of you. Love all y'all. Enjoy. You've had a dynamic where money's become freer than free. If you talk about a Fed just gone nuts, all, all the central banks going nuts. So it's all acting like safe haven. I believe that in a world where central bankers are tripping over themselves to devalue their currency, Bitcoin wins. In the world of fiat currencies, Bitcoin is the victor. I mean, that's part of the bull case for Bitcoin. If you're not paying attention, you probably should be. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Rabbit Hole Recap. Episode 174 of Rabbit Hole Recap. We're here to break down the Kyle Rittenhouse trial and the aftermath. Uh, Matt, how you doing? <laughs> I knew you were going to... I'm kidding. We're here to talk I'm glad about that. We change. I'm, I'm glad it's a big day. You know, it only took us 173 episodes to change to a naming scheme that's actually fucking intuitive. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, better late than never. We're always improving here at TFTC. Um, we got car. Car. Sometimes we approve more than other times. Uh, that's true. Uh, uh, speaking of car, we've got him here, and he came bearing gifts this week. He's uh, he's heard you freaks making fun of me for for using a uh, dinky lighter to light my cigars, and he bought me a torch um, and a couple cigars and some heavy beers. One of which he is drinking. I've got Coors Light right now. Um, but it was funny because Car and I today we're both at the same cigar place. I want my father in law to get cigars for tomorrow night. He's in town. We should get him out here to thank him for uh, letting us use his bedroom for so many years. Um, but yeah, uh, the Cubana house uh, in South Austin. Great place. Great. Wouldn't you agree? Great cigar bar car? Yeah, it's the, the Havana house. The Havana house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, on, it's on Congress. It's, uh, it's, <laughs> the, uh, it's fabulous, dude. Havana, yes. The and Havana da- Daniel, house. he works there. He was amazing. Yeah, Daniel. Shout out to Daniel there. Hooked it up. So any of you freaks in the comments, I'm using a torch right now, not a lighter. So... Please lay off. Matthew, are you ready for Thanksgiving? I'm ready. I love Thanksgiving. I do too. It's a good holiday. I have a lot to be grateful for and thankful for, including the freaks and including you and Carr. So thank you guys. Thank you. We're getting right into what we're thankful for. I was going to save that for like the end. Should we come back to it? 
We can we can repeat what we're thankful for. It it doesn't. We don't even need a holiday to talk about it. That's true. But. I'm thankful for all of you guys as well. Um, we got a lot to talk about today. A lot going on this week. Even though it was a short week for us, uh, we recorded last Friday, and now we're here on Wednesday. So we have Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, five days between. Um, the last I'm surprised episode you didn't have episode. to use your fingers to count that I, I had to put them over here like one, two, three um, so short week but a lot jam-packed you have a week. bottle of McAllen over there are you drinking it? yeah I'm going to I'm going to open it and I'm also trying to like show McAllen like hey we get good product placement here at Rabbit Hole <laughs> I've Recap. been trying to get them a sponsor for 174 episodes <laughs> now maybe they're listening now maybe they're listening hmm Oh yeah, Kitten being home is is the our boy Neil, his dog decided to go on an adventure for I think three days or four days, and uh, she finally came home. So I'm happy for you, Neil. Great well, news, best news of the week. We can just end the show right now. I uh, had a neighbor lose a dog a couple of weeks ago, and she was really five days. Five days. Look, you're already, we're, we're not even two minutes in. You're already just like talking to the comments. You can't like, can we get some focus here? I don't know. This was big news. I didn't have it on the list, but it's the biggest news of the week. So four days. Okay. Okay. Welcome wow. back, kitten. A dog named kitten. That's a yeah, that is, very clever. It's not, it's not an actual kitten. <laughs> um, let's jump into it. We got a lot to talk about. We're currently sitting at... 56,980 cuck bucks, according to Clark's dashboard. One cuck buck's going to get you 1,755 sats. Still above a trillion dollar market cap, of course. The the weeks after I say we're never going under a trillion, uh, the, the price begins to go down. We just popped over 57,000. That's good. Uh, $1.08 trillion market cap, if you believe in that sort of thing. We're at block height. A lot of ones and sevens here. <laughs> 711,171. Marty, when do you think the Bitcoin price will pass the block height? Um, I think it could happen in the next four years. I wouldn't be surprised if we hit a million dollars at some point before a million block Sat height. and parity? Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. No, yeah, sats and parity. I think um, it definitely happens before a million. Guys, fuck. We should have recorded... Um, 50, 54 blocks ago, we would have had a palindrome uh, at 711,117. We're at 711,171. Um, you know, I'm always looking for those palindrome blocks. Well, we freaks. could do it. We could do it at 811. Hey, we'll, we'll have more opportunities. Uh, uh, I guess we could do it at 722227. Or 721112. Uh, That's the next one that we would get. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Seven, two, one, 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 two. So that's in a, uh, 900 <laughs> some blocks. Enough Marty math for the beginning of this episode. I uh, nailed the math before we started recording. Now. You did. Matt, uh, Matt multiplied uh, 52 weeks times three pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty easily before we hit uh, record. And I'm uh, proud of it too. <laughs> we are 477 blocks away from the next difficulty retarget, which is estimated to be on November 17th, excuse me, 27th, uh, 2021. That is estimated to be a difficulty adjustment upward of 0.6%. Blocks are coming in very close to the 10 minute block production target uh, at nine minutes and 57 seconds. Uh, there are currently about 6,000 transactions in Clark's 
mempool. Uh, one sat per byte fees are going through in samurai capacity, holding steady from a sat uh, standpoint at 4,116.47 bitcoins or 234.6 million cut bucks worth of unspent capacity in Whirlpool. Woo! Woo! Let's fucking go. Got the cowboy hat on, I got the stogie, got my beer, got my McAllen, pre Thanksgiving rip. It's true. Interug, interug tea, tugger. I can't, I can't, I can't pronounce that. Um, like se- seven thousand seven hundred. Marty, you're just gonna start reading comments. Yeah, that's that true. That's true. I can't do this. Cars just like popping them up left and right. Um, all right, where do we start this week? Should we start uh, good things, bad things, disclosures? Well, a good place to start is for the freaks that don't know that are listening on the podcast feed. Um. We do stream the show live on YouTube and you can participate in the live chat via YouTube and you can subscribe to the show via YouTube at tftc.tv. So consider it. We love our ride or dies who join us for the live rips. Please definitely consider it. Um, I've got to pull up our chat so I can get the list here. Um, Gita's asking for Christmas gift ideas. Always open dimes. And CoinKite right now is is having a twenty percent off uh, Black Friday sale. I uh, I think I just ordered twenty five open dimes. No, they come in packs of three. Twenty eight open dimes. No, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Twenty seven open dimes. There we go. God damn it. <laughs> um. Yeah. Get your open dimes. I've actually. I've got a confession to make. I got a friend out there, dear friend. I was in his wedding and I forgot his open dime here and I still haven't mailed it to him. The wedding was in July. That's pretty bad. Your open dime. Is it already loaded though? It's already loaded. So I don't know if you realize, Marty, I don't know if I told you, but we have a fantastic uh, TFTC guide uh, for using an open dime. But we also have one. We have two of them. So I made two of them. One is for you as the gifter. uh, So you know how to actually use it and load it up to begin with. But I also have one that is purely made for the receiver of the gift. And that was because I, I give open dimes for like every occasion. And I got sick of, of uh, having to explain it to every single person. And I put it behind a vanity domain. That's the cold card one car. Uh, so if if you put in your card just dump dot cash, <laughs> like they can that. go straight to our video uh, on how to actually spend the Bitcoin from the open time. Damn, that's a good domain, right? When'd you get that one? I don't know. I have a problem. I know you have a problem. Let me put it, it this way: I didn't buy it for the video. I already had it, and I was like, "Oh, this one fits." I was like scrolling through them. I was like, Which one fits? <laughs> have you bought any domains recently? Uh, yeah. So like our first, uh, one of our first news items is that OBJ, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is accepting, uh, he's converting his whole uh, Los Angeles Rams salary, four and a half million dollars into Bitcoin uh, through Cash App. Um, and so I made sure to get BitcoinOdell.com before okay. he could get it. What, are you proud as an Odell as well to have Odell um, Beckham Jr.? On, on a long enough timeline, every Odell is going to be a Bitcoiner. So. This is true. So uh, other than you, your family, do you think 
he's the first Odell outside no, of your there's, family. There's many of us. Okay. All right. Are you guys related? I know it's his first name and yeah, we are related. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. Like first name, last name. If if you share it, you're related. Yeah. Uh, this is a big trend. Sports stars taking uh, Bitcoin as payment. We had uh, Aaron Rodgers. We had uh, Odell Beckham Jr. as well. And then I was made aware. I wasn't even aware of this. Uh, I was made aware at the Houston Bitcoin meetup. Great meetup, by the way. It was held on Monday night. Uh, that the Houston Rockets are paying some of their like they're giving their players the options to get paid a Bitcoin via partnership with NYDIG. Um, so like that whole team could potentially be getting paid in Bitcoin, at least a percentage of their salary, which is pretty cool. Oh, the Rockets? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the owner of the Rockets is a, is like a major time, big time Bitcoiner. I think the owner is a former GM uh, and current Sixers GM. Uh, Maury uh, is, a, is a Bitcoiner as well. He ran into some trouble in Houston uh, due to some choice comments for the Chinese Communist Party. Um, we don't I wanna... think the Houston Rockets owner like owns a bunch of red lobsters or some shit too. <laughs> are you gonna are, are we gonna try and convince him to convert the red lobsters into mining operations? Does anybody they should at least accept Bitcoin. <laughs> Does anybody go to Red Lobster anymore? I don't think about that. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't on the list. That was right. Uh, shout out to Al's Lacrosse. And Parker Lewis for putting together yet another incredible event in Houston. Vibes were high Thanksgiving week. Uh, they were skeptical that many people would show up, but the Houston Bitcoin community showed up strong, standing room only, very uh, high energy discussions about uh, everything going on in Bitcoin and more particularly in the mining industry in Texas and uh, in the broader United States. Um, they're putting together something special down there. There's there's vibes in the air in Texas. Barker Lewis may be the hardest working Bitcoiner in in the world. I would argue. Behind he's definitely up there. You're pretty hard work. You're a pretty hard worker as well. Not as hard as Parker. (laughs) The man travels. The man travels. The Houston Bitcoin meetup seems like. I mean, I haven't been to it yet, and uh, but it seems like one of the most unique uh, Bitcoin meetups in the world, if if not the most unique. Yeah, it was a heavy it's a mining cool focus. Concept. It's a heavy mining yeah. focus and a heavy uh, energy sector, Bitcoin mining sector integration focus. Um, there's a lot of ongoing conversations. There's obviously Houston, Texas has a lot of oil and gas companies and just energy companies generally. Uh, and they're uh, very interested in what's going on. They're showing up month in and month out to the speed up. It's great to see. Now I'm seeing like a huge wasp in my in my porch. I'm like, fuck, is there a nest in here? Am I going to get attacked? There's a hole in the screen somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. What we got? We got pictures of Chad. Yeah, Chad uh, Chad Everett was on the, the panel from CEO of Windstone, which is one of Riot's uh, locations, Riot Blockchains. Um, they're building a pretty massive operation down here in Texas. Uh, speaking of building in Texas, I'm going to front run this. I don't think you have it on the list, but, uh, oh, no, you do have it on the list. Of course I have it on the list. It's fucking the only news that competes with Kitten this week. Yeah, this is pretty big, pretty massive. We've been talking about this a lot on this podcast. I think I've said it publicly many times. My, uh, people ask me what's the, the most centralized aspect of Bitcoin at the current moment. And I'll say, uh, the, the ASIC chip manufacturing supply chain, 
which to date, or not to date, but uh, right now, uh, the dominant players in the Bitcoin mining industry are, are Bitmain and MicroBT. Uh, and they leverage two different foundries, TSMC and Samsung, respectively. TSMC, uh, the foundry that produces the the ant miners for Bitmain, is located in Taiwan, and Samsung is located in South Korea. Um, and I, it's always been my belief that that having a very integral part of the Bitcoin network in the mining infrastructure being heavily concentrated at the front end of their supply chains uh, in these two specific locations, these two specific foundries is uh, makes it a bit uneasy um, to see Samsung finally breaking ground uh, in the United States, uh, not too far from Austin uh, in Taylor, Texas uh, is a beautiful thing. And they're following TSMC, which we've talked about before, which is building a foundry as well in the United States and Arizona. So it seems like we're going to have more, foundries and it's not guaranteed that uh, the ASICs will uh, be produced at these foundries uh, off the bat. However, um, there's a good chance that they, they will be able to get uh, foundry floor space to, to, to make some wafers here in the United States, which uh, again, it's not, it's still, it would still be very centralized between four foundries instead of two, but it's a step in the right direction. Massive improvement. Yeah. And it's not just Bitcoin. I mean, yeah, it's we, a, need, yes. we need more manufacturing back home. Yeah, yeah. These foundries will be building chips for auto manufacturers, uh, just military compute, computing infrastructure, everything. Um, so it's it's a beautiful thing to see. And I was also made aware, I wasn't aware of this, uh, Texas Instruments is building a foundry in Texas as well. Um, and I believe Intel is spinning up another one too. So it seems like the last two years of supply chain issues have lit a fire under the chip manufacturing industry's ass and, and they're moving to better. It's pretty sad that Texas Instruments didn't have a foundry in Texas already. Right. Yeah. You think they'd have that down already. Like they should have had to change their name. Yeah. And that'll be an interesting thing going to see going forward. Like do the Intels, the Texas, I don't even know if Texas Instrument makes ASICs, but do they? They don't. No. Um, like does they ARM make those or, expensive calculators. Yeah. But they need a foundry for those calculators. <laughs> no, they definitely they make a lot of chips. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you miss your TI eighty nine at all? No, I think I still have it. I used to play Mario on. I got like the modded one where you could put. I Mar you could play like, Mario. You can root it and put the games on it. Yeah, I was that kid. I was just in the back of my TA eighty nine playing Mario Super Mario Brothers. That's why I'm here podcasting and not building on Bitcoin. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. Um, yes, yeah, so that's massive. And, that, and it's massive for many reasons because uh, hypothetically, again, not guaranteed, but if uh, and when these foundries are finally completed and chips are getting manufactured and, and spit out of these foundries and ASICs, Bitcoin ASICs, uh, make it onto the foundry floor, it's not hard to believe that Bitmain, MicroBT, and any potential new entrants uh, or existing entrants that get on MicroBT and Bitmain's level, like something like Canon or something like that, uh, uh, they'll bring manufacturing sites onto the U.S. as well. So you have the chips made at the foundry, and then instead of chip, shipping them to Malaysia or Taiwan or Thailand or South Korea uh, for, to get the uh, ASICs actually constructed and then sent back to the U.S. if you're a U.S. miner, um, it would make sense for these miners to also bring manufacturing, more manufacturing of the actual uh, Bitcoin miners 
to U.S. soil. And then on top of that, what will come with that is ASIC repairs, which is actually, uh, there's a bottleneck in, in that part of the Bitcoin mining, mining industry too. They get a lot of people, uh, if they want to get their ASICs repaired and get them plugged back in at the mail them to China, get them fixed at the manufa- where they're manufactured and then get them sent back, which is like a round circle, month long process. To f- round circle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so there could be a number of, of amazing benefits for the further distribution of, of the Bitcoin mining layer, which would be massive. Good news. I mean, you had an interesting tweet. I mean, it wasn't really that interesting, uh, but Damn. you had a good tweet. You could have just lied. You could have just lied. <laughs> I mean, you had a good tweet. We've been talking about it a lot and we were talking about when it happened. Um, but the market is definitely not pricing in the Chinese mining ban, the subsequent fall in hash, and then the resurgence of the hash no. coming back online um, at all. Massive like stress it's not, test. It's not even close to priced in. Not only did it validate that the network works as designed and as advertised with the difficulty adjustment, and the so you have the technical side of things, with the di- difficulty adjustment uh, when blocks were coming in too slow, the difficulty adjusted uh, downward made it easier to mine. Blocks came in faster, but you had, I believe, five or six consecutive downward difficulty adjustments until things uh, things leveled off. Uh, but then you have the social side of it too, uh, where you have the free market of Bitcoin players coordinate pretty quickly uh, and efficiently to relocate those machines and get them plugged in all throughout the world. Um, and then that, that's due to just the high incentive that Bitcoin miners have to keep those machines as plug, plugged in as long as possible and consistently as possible. Um, and so it, Bitcoin works at the technical level and the social level, as was proven by the, the China mining ban earlier this summer. Um, and are we back at hash rate all-time highs? I don't know, Car, pull it up. Let's find some hash rate. Let's go to btc.com. Matt hates this website, but they had the best charts, in my opinion. No, fuck that. I know. I know you don't like it. Um, go up. Go, go up. to bitcoin.sipa.b. <sighs> bitcoin.sipa.be. There we go. Now eh, we're getting close. Well, that's the worst chart. Go down. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's the better chart. I mean, SIP has got better variations, better like trailing um, averages. And it's like also not owned by fucking Jihan. Yeah, bit dear. Um, all right. Yeah, I mean, uh, things are looking good in the mining industry right now. Um, you got anything to add to that? Um, no, yeah. I just don't think it's priced in at all. Uh, probably the most bullish fundamental of the whole year. Yeah. Well, uh, and 99% of this industry still thinks proof of work is uh, the problem that needs to be solved. So they're already not even paying attention. Yes. And then that 1% that is paying attention, I don't really think appreciates the significance of ban, hash pull, hash come back online blocks being produced throughout the whole the whole process many palindromes being hit on block height 
Yes, yes, many palindromes being hit. And uh, and on top of that, right, you had the the technical layer of Bitcoin working with the difficulty adjustment working flawlessly, you had the social layer working flawlessly due to economic incentives. And then on top of all of that, it destroyed one of the strongest points of FUD that many detractors would throw at Bitcoin, which was China controls Bitcoin due to the fact that they have all this hash rate. Now, you'll probably see that that FUD begin to shift and people pointing their ire at the U.S. saying there's a lot of hash rate in the U.S. now. Um, there is. There is, which you can't deny it. Um, we've said it many times on this show, I think, especially uh, in lieu of everything that's happened in, not in lieu, in lieu is the wrong term there, uh, in light of everything that's happened uh, over the last two years. Uh, I think as long as hash rate is distributed between states in the United States, that it's a bit of a curb. And then even then, not all the hash rate came, left China and came to the US. It went to Eastern Europe, Latin America, uh, Russia, a bunch of other places. There, there's a lot in Texas specifically. Yes, if you want there's to pull a lot the states card. <laughs> so if you had to have like a, a lion's share of hash rate can concentrate in one state in the United States, what state would you want it to be? Alaska. Okay, I can't, I can't knock that. No, I don't know. I, I'm just actually per big. capita there. If that was true, it would be massive. I know. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, just Texas create a new is, economic unit. Maybe that's something we should, we should strive Texas for. Texas isn't bad. Uh, Clark, if you're listening, let's get a uh, hash, hash per capita. You can't really measure the, like all yeah, these, to guess all these, yeah, we're, we're guessing when we say how much hash is in a given area. Yeah. If you see like a study that like pretends to unequivocally, state how much hash is in that a certain China area. China has 0% of the network hash rate. Then It's probably bullshit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, China definitely does not. Uh, China has significantly more than 0%. Um, I would just say that after, you know, with 2020, 2021, um, I think a lot of people, myself included, really saw the value of interstate competition in, in the United States and, you know, states actually coming and flexing their rights um, to stand up to the federal government. But at the same time, we're, what we're talking about here, or what I'm talking about here, at least, if we're talking about like the threat of miners uh, being centralized in a location, the biggest threat to me is the KYC threat. Mm -hmm. and, you know, yeah. under the guise of anti-money laundering, you have to start censoring transactions. You start after doing these different stuff. And you really haven't seen much state action in that regard. You've seen, uh, you've seen efforts it, by individual miners like Marathon to like virtue signal about it, but they got yelled at and they retracted. Yeah, they got scared. Going. But like if anything you see the opposite where you see some extra cuck states like new york go above and beyond past the federal level to go even harder on the kyc aml so what really scares me is not necessarily i think it's everything has nuance um it's not necessarily american miners it's this it's this growth relatively sudden growth of like the american regulated powerhouse miners, right? Like the riots and the marathons. Um, and I mean, Canada and HUD-8, like where they have these massive warehouses and, and they fort. report to shareholders, like everyone knows where they live. 
Everyone knows exactly how much hash they have. Um, they're super scared of regulatory action. That that's an issue. I I would I would consider it unsubstantiated fud if you were going to say it's an issue for the entire Bitcoin network. I don't think there's enough hash there, but it's something to pay attention to. Certainly, certainly is, and actually. I'd yelled at a couple of the oil and gas guys on Monday night uh, on the panel that I was on because they were like, you can use Bitcoin mine to cater to ESG. I said, don't, don't you dare. Don't you dare. Yes, it will help you eliminate stranded, wasted gas and you can bring down your emissions. However, if you cater, to, excuse me, I just burped. If you cater to the, <laughs> if you cater to the ESG narrative and you give them, you give them an inch on the environmental side, they're going to, they're going to take a mile uh, on the S and the G on the social and governance side. And part of that social side, uh, if you're catering to the ESG moment, movement, it, I imagine in the context of Bitcoin would include some type of, they would try to uh, integrate some type of censorship at the pool level, um, at the mining layer to be socially, uh, in line. Yeah, I mean, want. it's a dangerous game to play. The perfect example was, I mean, we had a freak mentioned in the comments just now was the, the mining council. Yeah. Um, and it's a slippery slope. You got to be very, I don't know. Yeah, we, we got to be vigilant. We got to be vigilant. Very vigilant. When, when, I, when I look at Bitcoin, worst case scenarios, kind of like attacks, stuff like that, the two main things I see where we stand right now is I, I think, you know, Bitcoin on the protocol level is, is pretty robust. Uh, fortunately, we've been able to grow in a, in a relatively untouched way where like regulators kind of don't really, they're confused, don't really know what's going on. And the two, the two vulnerabilities that I see is the main one I think is attacking users because most of us are coming in through uh, regulated on ramps. They have our ID information. They have all of our withdrawal addresses. We're all on lists, ever extensive lists of Bitcoiners. So you go after Bitcoiners individually. You give some like extremely burdensome, you know, tax regulation, yada, yada, yada. And then you arrest certain people that don't comply. You scare the majority into compliance. You attack it at the user level. And then the second vulnerability to me is these big corporate miners and going after them and 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 knocking out their kneecaps and being like, you know, you you can't include these types of transactions. We want you to do this. We want you to do that. And the worst case scenario there is like, and like we want you to support this software. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you you should add this feature so that you can put KYC information in the transactions or something like that. Um. Now I think that is actually a less effective attack than the first attack. And yeah, it's, a more, it's a more difficult attack to pull off and it's less effective because we always have uh, the nuclear bo bomb, like the weapon of mass destruction, which has completely changed the algo for the hash and just well, break then, everyone's hash rate. And also there's a you know, material percentage of hash rate that would not play by those rules that is outside well, yeah. the purview of those regulations. And then, so I've always come at it from the economic argument. Well, when you, you, my point was when you do like, when you do the weapon of mass destruction, it's because the hash is so far past that point. Yeah. But as long as we don't hit that point, that doesn't even matter. Let's try to avoid that point. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's one of the, the biggest unknowns. Like, how does the, the professional public mining 
landscape develop? They're going to have the, the easiest access to capital, but does that shift as we transition more and more to a Bitcoin standard? Like who has, who has the leg up in that world? Something I think about. Maybe it's stupid to think that way, but I do have that thought. Um, you nuke my hash, I'll freak out, but I will support. Thank you, Neil. Yeah, you only nuke the hash. You only nuke the hash in like a worst case scenario. It's like uh, it's mutually assured destruction. Um, yeah, and so this and like this, hopefully we never get to that point because that option is on the table. Well, again, like we, like we described how the social aspects of Bitcoin really shined in the wake of China kicking out all the miners. Like, could that also shine? in a scenario in which the government and regulators attempt to force Bitcoin mining pools or individual operators to do what you just mentioned, censor transactions, or try to force soft forks on the network, uh, like would the social loose economic incentives be such that if that ever got implemented successfully, that it would, would crater the price of Bitcoin because you would be you'd be deprecating some of the assurances that make Bitcoin fundamentally valuable in the first place. And so would you just be shooting yourself in the foot? Uh, maybe that, maybe this is like how a government would kill Bitcoin, I guess you could argue like, um, but then as a publicly traded miner, like you're actively by going along with those regulations, destroying your whole business uh, to some extent. It just, it like depends, you know, like after 2020, I see a trend in this episode. After 2020, after the last two years, like I, I don't necessarily think we can rely on individual participants or actors to operate in a logical, long-term kind of thinking model. Agreed. So, so they they might come to a different conclusion, and a regulated Bitcoin is one that will pump in the short term and reduce liquidity and number go up short term. Long term, I don't think, I think long term, it kind of just knocks Bitcoin's main value pop out, but it might be too late at that point uh, for that actual kind of thinking to stop it. Yeah. Um, what I'm really interested in is, uh, so after Sailor started the trend, all these publicly traded miners realized that they can maximize shareholder value and stock price, similar thing. Uh, by by accumulating Bitcoin and holding the Bitcoin they mine, I'm really excited for their first bear market. I think I think they're all weak hands. Like I think uh, <laughs> I think people are going to start fucking panicking, and I think it's going to be similar to um, you remember what happened with ETH after 2017. Like all the ICOs that were so all the ICOs took in ETH to give you their shit token. And then so you had all these shitty ICOs that were holding tons and tons of ETH and that took liquidity out of the market. The price pumped. And then on the way down, they were all like, no, we will never sell our ETH. And then it went down like 50, 60 percent. And it was just like every team and their mother was panic selling. All right. They were all just selling these massive bags of ETH. Um, so like I kind of expect that to happen with the public miners. And I'm cool with it. I'll just take their sets. Yeah. Uh, but but it should be fun. It should be fun to watch if they actually because some of them are going to be like, we have stronger hands. We're going to wait. You know, oh, riot sold the marathon. We have strong hands. We're not going to do it. And then like 20 percent later, they're just going to be panic selling, too. And it's going to be a, and we're going to see it publicly because they're publicly traded companies. So you're going to see the balance sheet changes. Happen. Yeah. Yeah. 
It'll be interesting to see. It will be interesting to see. And now that uh, you mentioned that, something else popped into my my head. Uh, speaking of panic selling, it's not really panic selling, but it's forced selling the Mount Gox stuff. Do you have that on the list? No, because it's not fucking news. <laughs> I mean, it's happening soon, isn't it? No. No? Why did people bring that up this week then? It's it's like at the soonest it's going to happen, like February, March, it looks like. Of 2022. And it seems like the majority of it, like people are getting paid out in US dollars and Bitcoin. Japanese yen, I would imagine. Or whatever. fiat. I think whatever fiat they had in it. But it's like mostly fake news bullshit. I, I don't know if that's part of the reason why. The price has fallen. But I feel like people just like adding narratives on top yeah, of I it. Yeah, I never like to attribute it to one thing, but I think it Look, is. Let me put it this way. If anyone in that, if anyone since like fucking 2014, every single person who said Mt. Gox was going to release claimant funds soon has been incorrect. <laughs> Wait, wait, go so I think I think you should assume it's going to yeah. take longer than they said. Just the first paragraph. Um, Read it. Oh, it's up there. As we announced the notice of confirmation order re- rehabilitation plan on October twentieth, twenty twenty one, the draft rehabilitation plan filed by the rehabilitation trustee with the Tokyo District Court on February fifteenth, twenty twenty one, was approved by a large majority of rehabilitation creditors. Here and after the draft rehabilitation plan approved by the rehabilitation creditors referred to as the rehabilitation plan. It's not a draft anymore. And so on October 20th, 2021, and on the same date, the Tokyo District Court made a confirmation order of the rehabilitation plan. So further on November 16th, which is probably why this was in the news last week, uh, the rehabilitation plan became final and binding. Rehabilitation trustee would like to express sincere gratitude to all involved parties for their understanding and support, which led to a rehabilitation plan becoming final and binding. Uh, and so, scroll we'll down. Does it yeah, say the date? It's just how to get when they're it. actually going to get their fucking money back. You know the important date. Let's see. End of document. Um, <laughs> it does not. Yeah. So what Adam, is it? Like, Adam, it's, it's like 140,000 Bitcoin or something like that. Adam Back, who's one of the Gox... Uh, Predators. He lost money on Gox. I think he said it was going to be like February, March or something by the time they got their money back. Also, keep in mind, they're getting Bcash too. Oh. Yeah, because the fork happened in between. Yeah, Bcash is probably going to dump pretty hard then after that. I don't know. I mean... I I guess it can always dump harder, but it's it's pretty close to zero already. Yeah. And there was some like Mount Gox sort of got their ass saved by this this Japanese uh I guess uh no bankruptcy court, didn't they? Because didn't they manage funds and weren't they trading Bitcoin that like trade? No, they got fucked. Oh, I thought they I thought they made good trades. So this guy, this guy decided the guy who's in charge of the bankruptcy is like the trustee of the bankruptcy in Japan. Uh, there's some theories that he helped cause the drop when we dropped in 2017. And starting around 17, 18K, he started offloading a shit ton of Bitcoin. And he was doing it through a single OTC desk and he was just selling it all at once. He wasn't like staggering it or anything. So a lot of slippage. And he staggered it a little bit, but not that much, right? And 
So he got out a significant portion at the 17, 18, 16K and then kind of caused the collapse that happened afterwards and then took credit for selling high uh, and securing the loss. So all the losses in in fiat terms and U.S. dollar terms have been accounted for. Even though they only had like 20% of all the funds of Mt. Gox creditors, in USD terms, because the price rose so much from when Mt. Gox went bankrupt, which was like at like $900, $1,000, Bitcoin was at that time, sold for 17K, he's able to get them their full fiat amount and then some Bitcoin back. Obviously, in hindsight, like selling at 18K is, you know, was a dumb decision. Like he should have just held the Bitcoin. Yeah. If he held the Bitcoin, then they, you know, they'd have way more, way more money today. He should have dumped the B cash for Bitcoin. That would have been the play. He dumped the he dumped the B, some of the B cash as well. Oh, all right. all right. That was a good trade. The Mount unequivocally Gox, a good trade. Can, can we say it's almost coming to an end? Can we at least say that? Is that newsworthy? Like we're within probably a year of it being over. It's been seven years. I mean, this is interesting, right? Because like Bitfinex had a bigger hack. And Bitfinex did their like no, token was, thing. I mean, bigger in USD terms, but not in Bitcoin terms. Right. Mt. Gox lost like 800,000. Bitfinex lost 116,000. But it was like bigger in purchasing power. Yes, at that point. So uh, it was like, that was AKA like... AKA USD terms significantly well, I, I don't longer. know. That was like November, December 29 or 2016. So that had to be like around $600 Bitcoin. No, it was like spring of 2017 or something. Let's car. Hang up. We got a car here. We can look it up. Bitfinex hack. I've been Bitfinex massive hack. And I think then it was November 2016. <laughs> I think I might be right on this one. Okay, Marty. Um, anyway, Bitfinex didn't get... There's something to be said about August not getting... August 2016. Fucking, yeah. So it was, it was lower. It was, it was, there's, there's something to be said about not getting government involved. Because the, the government complicated everything so much more. The Japanese government or the U.S. government? Yeah, the Japanese government complicated everything so much more. It's seven years. No one's got anything back. Bitfinex, if you waited two years, you were made whole, and they didn't involve any kind of regulators whatsoever. Yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. August 2016. We were both wrong, but I was more right. Um, hey, what's up with you? Like Just trying to get me to do stupid dances for, for sats. You like, ignored that, so I'm glad you saw that. <laughs> Car, can we pull up the dance? <laughs> no. No, do not pull up the dance. Let's not, <laughs> let's not encourage... So funny, let's not encourage any of this. I'm not I was a supporting open source development. Marty. I will read anything you put in the shout-outs, but I'm not some like circus <laughs> clown. Maybe I will. It was, it was early in the morning, and it was the first thing I thought of. So, so I just sent tweet. But it was for a good cause. It, people matched it. There's 3 million sats up for open source devs. Do you not even care, Marty? Do you, you don't care about open well, source see, this development? This is what I don't like about it. Now you make me look like an asshole if I don't do it. And it's, 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 uh, it's forced self-deprecation. I, I, I'm glad you saw it. I saw it. I saw it. I mean, you would have had to try and avoid it because I tagged you in it. So and like, there, was, there was like 100 a hundred likes, likes on it. it. So you you got, got a lot of likes on it. I saw Many that. notifications. I tried to avoid it. I'm uh, trying to find it, but like... You got to go to replies. Oh, it was under reply. If, okay. If you go to match tweets and replies, it was like one of four tweets I sent today. Up, 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 up. Down. 
No, you missed it. Oh, no. Keep going. Down. 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 Wow. Wow. Maybe it got, maybe it got taken off the internet because it was too divisive. It wasn't six hours ago. It wasn't divisive ago. at go all. Up, go up. Go up. It's not six hours ago. It's like three hours ago. It was this ago. morning. Yeah. I like woke up and the first thing I did was challenge you. <laughs> I can find it. I'll, I'll, I'll put it in our, in our chat. Um, yeah, Mount Gox, Mount Gox, Mount Gox. Free freaks are listening. Like, what the fuck is Mount Gox? Uh, yeah, what is Mount Gox? I found it. It was a Magic the Gathering uh, trading site that somehow got turned into a Bitcoin exchange by Jed McCaleb, who's the, one of the individuals behind Ripple and also behind Stellar. And I believe he's got another scam coming. It was uh, never actually a Magic the Gathering card site. It's common misconception. It was. was it a forum? No, it was it, the domain was supposed to be one Magic the Gathering online, online exchange, exchange, but it was never actually used to trade Magic the Gathering cards. Yeah. Here's okay, the, so this is this is what Marty is going to do on video to support open source development. You think you can do that, Marty? I can definitely do that. But do I want to? No. I don't know if you can. Marty, if, if you I, don't do this, a devil star. What if I just... What if I just match the donation? Turn, Stop the video. Stop the video. <laughs> I really want to see this. <laughs> that looks really hard, Marty. It's not that hard. I've actually got rhythm. I can dance. Uh, for a white boy. Shout out to Susie. Yeah, Susie hopped in there. She's matching the donation. No, she's, she cares. I won't be wearing a skirt or leggings or anything like that. That can definitely. Tell I think you someone that. was like, "I'll only match it if Marty wears a, a skirt and leggings." No, that's not happening. That's not happening. Yeah, I don't think it was a skirt, but yeah, whatever it was, whatever it was, like, it was. Yeah, they were shorts. On to bigger, and better things. That uh, was some good fun. Thank you, Car. I am. We'll see. And, and no thank you to you, Marty. We'll see how desperate the Bitcoin development landscape gets, and then maybe I'll do it. All right. If it's a it's a point where if like a Bitcoin somebody, dev if a Bitcoin dev does the dance, then Marty does the dance, then we'll give the Bitcoin dev who did the dance the sets. The sets. Yeah, well then you can just have any Bitcoin dev like do the dance. And then so you just made like a, a legal, verbal, uh, contractual <laughs> Agreement. Well, it if depends I, if you actually care enough to fucking do it, Marty. Yeah. What if I go and just like do like a review PR on Bitcoin Core right now, and then I'm like, oh, I'll do the dance, and then I do it, and then I get the sats. Would that work out? No, it has to be two different people. Okay. I'm hit my brother up. Um. <laughs> I will happily donate to your brother. Uh, said there was a big news week. This is pretty big. Uh, I'm, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this. I have, I have thoughts on this, um, the, the volcano bond. So obviously, uh, we're we not going to start with Bitcoin city. I mean, it's part of the volcano or no, it's not part of the volcano. bond. Which news do you think is the bigger news? I think the bond, I think the bond's more interesting because it sets an interesting precedent. I'm not sure. If, yeah. So yeah. yellow agrees with you, not Who's, the color, the. The meme master. Yeah. Oh, he's here. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Bitcoin City stuff, it just seems very communy. Like, I would never, 
I don't know. I mean, yes, all the tax, uh, 0% income tax, 0% capital gains, uh, very 0% cheap. payroll tax, 0% payroll 0% tax, 0% property tax. Yes. It's all very appeasing, but like, I, I'm not like a very but 10% big sales tax. And, not, a, and a value added tax, a VAT tax. I'm not, that very, pays for everything. I'm not a very big fan of like. No raising, taxes? No, I'm a big fan of that, but I'm not a big fan of like building a city specifically for Bitcoiners. I mean, I don't think, I don't, there's very few planned cities that were successes. Yes, exactly. Okay, so I mean, yellow agrees with you that the bond is the bigger news. I think we should talk about Bitcoin City. You want yeah, to talk about the bond about, first? We're, we're already talking about. It. Let's talk about Bitcoin City. We're in the middle of it. What, what's okay, your... so I mean, so so President Bukele of uh, El Salvador at the end of Bitcoin Week, they had two conferences. They had adopting Bitcoin, and then they had La BitConf. So they had a full week of Bitcoin in El Salvador. At the end, he did like a big event where like they had fireworks and stuff and he goes out on stage and he's wearing a baseball cap looks really fly and is in his full white and he goes i'm gonna launch a city in el salvador that's bitcoin city geared to fresh from scratch city at the base of this volcano where they're mining bitcoin so they're going to take the energy from the volcano they're going to mine bitcoin with it in the beginning and as the city scales they're going to repurpose some of that power to actual city functions um, it's right near the border of two other countries, believe Honduras and Guatemala. Uh, I'm going to fuck up my geography. Guatemala. Is it Guatemala? Uh, Guatemala, I believe is there. But the, the point is neighbor. The idea is that the city should be next to three different countries, El Salvador, Honduras, and whatever the other country is. I'm pretty sure it's Guatemala. Um, and so that it could be like an international city focused on international people, not really Salvadorans, focused on international people, zero taxes on everything except for sales tax. Mm-hmm. Um, Which isn't bad. I don't mind a little sales tax. It's a cool concept. I mean, there's not really any anything concrete there. Um, and it'll be partially funded by that Bitcoin bond that we were talking about, which we'll get to in a second. I would say that the sales tax thing is something that I've been uh, like, I've theorized a lot in the past, like in a post Bitcoin world, Honduras and Nicaragua, not Guatemala, Guatemala's in the north. Okay. Um, Apologies to all the Guatemalan freaks out there. And I guess the Nicaraguan freaks, Uh, the, they know geography is not a strong suit here. Yeah. Definitely not Central American geography. Anyway, Marty even fucked up Texas geography, but that's another story. <laughs> uh, they should have called it El Citadel. I agree. Um, I think the sales tax thing is is an interesting concept because sales tax, out of all the taxes and from like a state surveillance uh, situation is like the most, and it sounds weird saying these two words together, like the most ethical tax. I agree, because it's like a consumption tax. I've always been a fan, like, stop income tax, stop all that. It should be like consumer tax, consumption tax. Um, Yeah. Like in a post-Bitcoin world, you can't really enforce income tax and capital gains tax without massive surveillance. You need to, like, literally surveil every transaction, constantly check everything. So you have a lot, like, the majority of law-abiding citizens are just getting fucked just to try and stop people from that, that aren't paying their taxes. 
But with sales tax, the onus goes on the merchants, right? The stores need to be collecting this tax at the time of purchase. Um, so I thought that part was interesting. Uh, you know, I am definitely not going to be one of the first people to live in Bitcoin City. Um, I, I, had, I made an interesting bet with George uh, McHale mm-hmm. on Spaces the other day. Because I wanted like some like objectivity. Well, first of all, you know, I'm obsessed with bets. Uh, but I wanted some like objectivity on the success. And I said a million people in five years over under. Like how big it will. Yeah, I think you're going to take like the city space into consideration and all that. Well, like if it's under a million people, is it a fucking city? How about that as a conversation? Yes. I mean, Pittsburgh's a city. So, I mean, I think it'll definitely be under a million people in five years. I think it could even be under a million people in 10 years if this thing even happens. Uh, yeah, like I mean, like you said, like I'm just not a big fan of like pre-built cities that people move into. It's not how cities are made. It's going to be more organic, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I, 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 think, I think it's cool from the concept... If it identifies as, I, I think it's uh, it's cool from the concept that like, it's kind of it, it's going aligned with the sovereign individual thesis, right? Which is that yes. different jurisdictions and governments will compete over sovereign individuals to get them to move to their jurisdiction, and I think this is the first of many such schemes that will target Bitcoiners, um, and the beauty will be that there isn't just one Bitcoin city, there are many. And I think he kind of embodied that in his announcement uh, in probably the most cringe way possible when he said that Alexander the Great made a bunch of Alexandrias. But uh, he, he implied that there would be many Bitcoin cities located around the world in different jurisdictions kind of competing with each other. Um, so that, you know, I, th- that's also what I expect. But, but one thing to keep in mind here is that when people say to me, like, oh, the population, um, a million people, you know, the population of El Salvador is six million people. That's an unrealistic target. I mean, the clear goal here in what he's portraying is uh, a co- it's like a competitor to like Hong Kong or Singapore or Macau, um, which are, they're like internationally focused cities. Right. It's, it's not. Uh, it's like an international business hub. It's not really focused on Salvadorans. So I don't really think it's relevant or that relevant, you know, what the population of El Salvador is. It's like kind of standing on its own. I wouldn't even be surprised if Salvadorans aren't allowed in the city. Jesus. Really? Well, you can't have like a, how are you going to handle 0% all those taxes in Bitcoin city when it's not that outside of the city? Yeah, it's going to be weird. So it's like a Hong Kong. Um, yeah, I mean, I prefer the route I prefer to have quote unquote Bitcoin cities is to have like, I want like Sevilla to become a Bitcoin city, like cities that are already made and awesome uh, in some regards. Like, I, like Austin, like I could see Austin becoming a, a Bitcoin city just by the nature of so many Bitcoiners moving here and then having the, the capital and the influence to influence policy in their favor. I well, like that. I like yeah. that idea. On a long enough timeline, every city is a Bitcoin city. It's, it's going to be the global currency of the world. Yeah. So, um, would you like? I'd rather wait out on that timeline. There's no way I'm moving to Bitcoin City. No, me, me neither. I don't think so. 
I don't even know like what their gun laws are. I don't mm. think they're very good. Hey, MS-13 is pretty big in El Salvador, so. Yeah, but I don't think they're listening to the gun laws. <laughs> <Not either. laughs> um, but anyway, uh, so Yellow are esteemed Bond and Bitcoin City specialists in the Bitcoin community. Um, he believes that the Bond was the real news and Bitcoin City was like kind of like the distraction news. Oh, let's not give Yellow all the shine, all right? This is my opinion too. I wrote about it yesterday. I, but Yellow had the opinion before you. No, it didn't. I had it right away. Yeah, you were just aping Yellow's opinion. Great, great, great idea. All right, let's talk Look, about the Marty, Bitcoin Bond. It's, it's, fine. it's fine if you're following in the footsteps of great esteemed scholar Yellow. Oh, yes. Keep I this picture up, offender. actually. Uh, go down so we can see the whole... The whole chart. No, no, just the whole, up, just so we can see all the details on this. Yes, perfect. Um, I can't read any of that. I can read it. Uh, so, Bitcoin City was announced, and then alongside that, the Bitcoin bond. So, El Salvador is going to <laughs> issue a one billion dollar bond. Uh, Five hundred million dollars of that one one billion dollar bond are going to be dedicated to buying Bitcoin and holding it for at least five year. I believe they're going to have a, a, a five year lockup on the Bitcoin. Yep, says it right there. Uh, and then the other $500 million is going to be spent on infrastructure for the mining operation on the volcano and some parts of the construction of the city, I believe. Uh, it's got a six and a half percent coupon rate. Uh, they're partnering <laughs> with Bitfinex and uh, Blockstream to do this. Bitfinex is going to be the exchange that I, I believe does the bond offering, and then you're going to be able to trade it on liquid. Uh, guys, I can't have you laughing while I'm talk, trying to talk seriously. <laughs> there. Well, you should have put some respect on Yellow's name. <laughs> Sorry, Yellow. <laughs> oh, hell, Yellow. Um, and so, I think it's interesting. Uh, so, everybody's like, oh, why don't you just buy Bitcoin with this? And I think Adam Back highlighted this in Mass, Mass of Capital, whose thread I shared in the newsletter this really isn't like a bitcoin like a opportunity cost to buy bitcoin this is for institutional investors that don't have the ability to buy bitcoin but want some exposure or uh they may not even want bitcoin exposure but they're looking for higher yielding bonds in this this market where bond yields are are compressing pretty significantly as money printer goes burr and so the way this bond works again they're going to spend half the proceeds to buy and hold Bitcoin. And if Bitcoin does what it has done throughout uh, its history up to this point and continues appreciating in value, uh, the the bond could be significantly lucrative and produce a very high yield. Um, and I believe bondholders are going to be able to get uh, dividends in Bitcoin as well, I believe okay. annually. Yeah, so I mean, first of all, this is clearly not aimed at Bitcoiners. It's not aimed at retail. It's aimed at bond buyers. Retail can I, participate in it. the minimum buy is a hundred dollars. Right, but I, I agree with you. It's it, it's extremely attractive compared to competing bonds. Yes, and that's it offers a six and a half percent interest coupon rate, um, and then from the Bitcoin upside, potential Bitcoin upside, we all expect Bitcoin to go up in value. You're going to get paid out Bitcoin dividends from it. Now it is. Most things in this world will have trouble outperforming Bitcoin in a long enough time scale. They will not be able to outperform Bitcoin. This bond is literally designed to never outperform Bitcoin. Yes. 
because they're only putting half of it into Bitcoin. Well, uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't say it really cannot. Is it is impossible for it to outperform well, Bitcoin? So no, if you're a Bitcoiner. If the mining, if the, and I don't, I'm not saying this is going to happen, but let's say in a perfect world where they took that $500 million for the mining infrastructure and they execute in the all in electricity cost of that geothermal energy was like between one and two cents and they were able to keep the machines up and running uh, for an extended period of time and have a very low failure rate, they could potentially accumulate more Bitcoin than they could have bought at spot with that $500 million today. Potentially. It's not like, but most it's of not out of the realm of possibility. The, city, right? the whole point the is of, to fund it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. That's all. The I whole point is to fund the city. I think most of it's going towards the mining infrastructure though. Okay, well, I don't think this thing has any fucking shot at outperforming Bitcoin. And I think I that's only, fine. I, I don't think it's going to outperform Bitcoin. I don't think it's impossible. Though. I don't. I think that's fine. It's targeting people who buy bonds, whoever those people are, like sovereign wealth funds and shit. Now, next point. This is on liquid. Now, when yeah. I said I wanted liquid usage. I like this. It's, no, this is, no? I mean, it's fine. But this doesn't count. Why not? I spoke to Neil. He no longer works for Blockstream. Neil Woodfine. He works Neil for our Woodfine. sponsor on Chain Capital. Liquid has something called Liquid Securities. Yes. They already have it set up. And with Liquid Securities, what you do is you KYC, and then you hold your Liquid Securities in green wallet because it's a two of two wallet. So Blockstream holds a key, you hold a key. So like this thing is going to be tightly regulated, like fully KYC. You need to use liquid securities. You need to KYC yourself. You need to use Green Wallet. Um, Since Bitfinex so there's is not involved, be, like, no U.S. citizens can probably participate. I, yeah, this dream of like shitty NFT, Bitcoin volcano bond. Pull that Norwalk and some liquid back. Sats all coin joining together. Pull that Norwalk like, comment back up, please. Never going to fucking happen. What was that? Yes, that Norwalk Tacos comment you just set up. I'm listening to you, man. Um, the third thing is, I wonder, like, so, like, people are comparing money? this. What? It was one of the YouTube comments that you just had that you took off. People are comparing this to MicroStrategy bonds, which are oversubscribed, okay? Mm-hmm. I wonder the fact that it's on Liquid if that dissuades them, right? Like it's different than calling up Goldman Sachs and being like, I want in on the micro strategy bond. Like if you have to go to Bitfinex, hold it on liquid, like Bitfinex doesn't have the best reputation in the traditional finance world to begin with. It's probably getting better though. I don't know. I mean, they're the backers of Tether. Like Tether is black market US dollars. Mm. Like that is that is their like I love Bitfinex in terms of just being the honey Cypher. badger of exchanges and yes. they they just constantly fight. Um, but like I wonder if there's like a legitimacy issue. I mean El Salvador's government is already kind of questionable on the world stage. Then you mix in liquid, tether, and like the bonds using tether as well on the back end. And so Liquid, Tether, Bitfinex, Bitcoin all mixed together. I wonder if they'll actually hit their hit their level. I mean, the last thing is, I mean, Samson gets up on stage and he basically says, uh, this is the model and we want a lot of Bitcoin bonds to follow suit. 
And to me, that reminds me of like everything ETH did. Like ETH has like, Ethereum stakeholders have like all these constant ploys to make the market less liquid to pump the price. Like they always like the first one was the Dow, then yeah. there was ICOs, now yeah. they're burning mining fees, ultrasound money. Like they always have this bullshit. Like, but the the common denominator is let's reduce the liquidity. So Samson's like alluding to we're gonna have hundreds of Bitcoin bonds and they're all gonna take five hundred million dollars worth of Bitcoin off the market. And you better buy some Bitcoin now, otherwise the price is gonna pump. And because the price pumped, it's good to buy the bonds, and because it it's good to buy the bonds, the price pumps, so you should buy more bonds. And it's like this circular, you know, number go up uh, inducement kind of thing. And to me, that feels very shitcoin. I agree. Uh, in that context, right? And there's probably uh, a an angle from Samson and Blockstream too. It was like, this is the model moving forward where like they probably want people to do it on Liquid and Bitfinex and all that stuff. But that doesn't preclude like some like municipality or something doing a bond offering and taking portions of the fund. It doesn't have to be $500 million. It could be a smaller percentage of the, the overall offering to buy Bitcoin from somebody like NYDIG or like an Unchained Capital or something like that um, and do collaborative custody. I hope they would do that, but they probably would like go for like a NYDIG or Coinbase or something like that. Uh, and there's... there's. I mean, is if, Bukele doing collaborative custody? I doubt it. Uh, maybe. He's just like holding it all in his blue wallet? I don't know. Let me, let me get to the point. The point I'm trying to make is like, I think there is an economic argument to be made for bond issuers, particularly uh, people that have issued bonds in the past that aren't performing as well and they're, they're looking to uh, create a better credit score, if you will, <coughs> or have, have better uh, performing debt facilities. Like, again, if it is a risk, if you're buying Bitcoin, holding it as a bond issuer, uh, it does have to go up. But like, I mean, I think we would agree that we think Bitcoin's going to go up over the course of the next five, 10 years. And depending on the duration of the bond, like it could be a very smart idea for um, issuers to, to get the funds needed to do whatever they want to do with that debt um, and then have this cushion in Bitcoin that they purchase to, if they're unsuccessful in uh, executing on the back end of what they actually tried to accomplish, at least they have the failsafe uh, in the Bitcoin on, on that bond balance sheet. I don't even know if you could, like within the bond um, <laughs> to, to make bondholders whole at the end of the day. The very, and, and this would be like a very unique opportunity that is specific to this particular point in Bitcoin's monetization path. Like this isn't going to be in the perpetuity. Maybe it will be, but like the the returns will be much more compressed as as Bitcoin volatility suppresses and the the value stabilizes relative to where it is today. Yeah. Um I like I the think, public miners, like the public miners, it should be interesting what happens in the bear cycle. Agreed. Agreed. It honestly feels like I'm one of the few people in Bitcoin right now, and the. But why? Like, like, what's what's bad about it? Like, if you're upfront with it, you're like, "Hey, we're gonna issue this bond, raise some debt to do something." Yeah, as long as you're transparent about it, there's no. Pro I mean, everyone yeah. can do whatever the fuck they want to do, right? Yeah, I actually, I think it makes um, sense. I think it's a. 
it's a logical move if you think Bitcoin's going to appreciate in value. Well, look, as a borrower, if you're El Salvador and someone will give you money at 6% to buy $500 million worth of Bitcoin, it is an obvious decision. Like, yes, let me do that. But it's a little bit different if you look at it from blockchain's perspective, putting their name on this thing, deciding that this wants to be their priority. This is going to be the thing that they you know, put forward. They're going to send their COO down there, one of the founding members of Blockstream, Samson, down there to, to get on stage with this government figure in El Salvador to present this bond to the world with Bitfinex. Uh, they made that decision. That's on them. You know, Bitcoin is for everybody. It's for enemies. Anyone can use it. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be issuing these things. I'm just saying that it will not outperform Bitcoin. It will. No. Uh, it feels very shitcoiny, and I don't they're think very tied up with Tether and Bitfinex. So it, you add that additional risk. I don't on think top it's shitcoiny. I don't think. And it's I shit-coiny. wonder how much liquid actually will detract from the interest in the product. I don't think it's shitcoiny. Rather than going through a normal process. Yeah, I don't think it's shitcoiny. Especially if you're clear, they're going to use. X amount of proceeds to buy Bitcoin, X amount of the cash proceeds to to do something specific. As long as they're actually following through with the deployment of the infrastructure build out part of the bond. And it's not shit corny. Like, they're gonna need it. The shit corny part, the shit corny part is when Samson says in his projections that Bitcoin is going to be, a, we'll go through the scenario that Bitcoin's a million dollars in four years. Yeah. And this is what the return is. And there's going to be tens and hundreds of other bonds that are similarly set up that way. And it creates a nice feedback loop to increase the price. That's the shit coiny part. Well, I mean, shit coiny, uh, if you say that's like the driving factor of price going up, certainly a factor, but there's going to be stuff going on in parallel to that, that, that would, uh, would help. I do believe it'll well. outperform most bonds, yes. not all bonds. Yeah. Um, just because they're holding Bitcoin and because their coupon is way higher than most bonds. Yeah. So maybe that's how they draw people in to get it subscribed. But yeah. I don't think this boosts liquid adoption. I don't think this, you know, I like I. Me and Marty just read a comment together because Carr put it up and it was long. <laughs> That's why we got quiet. Um, someone was saying... Uh, the U.S. is sanctioning Honduras over election fraud. What we have on the list, I mean, the U.S. says this is unrelated, but this week they said that they paused relations with El Salvador because of differing... It's just like the relationship's not working out. Yeah, this is an interesting topic. And so and they this didn't is- bring up Bitcoin City or Bitcoin bonds. So this got to be related. You well, know, it's that like the U.S. came out and the uh, what is it? The diplomat for El Salvador is that what you call him? The ambassador. The ambassador. There we go. The ambassador El Salvador came out said that El Salvador uh, isn't cooperating in negotiations or showing any interest in uh, having an ongoing conversation with the U.S. about what's going on. Uh, and then the IMF came out too and sent them a strong warning saying they need to increase their regulations and 
really think about uh, the the gravity of of diving into Bitcoin as as heavily as they are. It almost as a veiled threat. I don't even think it was a veiled threat. I think it was an overt threat. And that's something I want to talk about. The IMF actually, I'm writing about it in the bent today and. I've been watching some YouTube videos on how the IMF started. So the IMF and the World Bank were created uh, at Bretton Woods in New Hampshire after World War II. Um, obviously, Europe was decimated. Many parts of the world were decimated after one of the bloodiest wars in human history. And there was a lot of rebuilding needed to be done. So the world's leaders met at Bretton Woods, basically changed the monetary global monetary system, made the US dollar the reserve currency of the world, created the World Bank and the IMF. The IMF was... Uh, was created specifically for short-term loans, the World Bank for more longer-term loans. Uh, And after the reconstruction of of Europe and all the war-torn cities after World War II, the IMF shifted from investing in uh, an infrastructure uh, build back toward uh, emerging economy investments. But what you find over the course of decades that the IMF has essentially pillaged third-world countries, uh, bloating them up with debt, and making them do things that they probably otherwise wouldn't do if they weren't beholden to to the IMF loans. And so the IMF is an unelected uh, in, in supranational banking entity. Uh, nobody voted for it. Nobody asked for it. And you basically had a bunch of leaders meet at Bretton Woods in New Hampshire in uh, the late 1940s and decide this was a thing and that we're going to have to deal with it. And now it's gotten to a point in 2021 where these people think the IMF thinks they can just tell people what to do, sovereign nations, what to do more importantly. And it's pretty disgusting that uh, they're threatening El Salvador and they have, they should not have any authority over anybody, especially a sovereign nation. Uh, the IMF can fuck off. Like, no, hundred percent. It's an I mean, evil I, organization. And I, like, I, 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 I support the idea of these countries, specifically Latin American countries, who have been under the nose of America for a long fucking time um, to raise funds on their own, to use a monetary system that's independent in the United States, hundred um, percent. Yeah. I just, it's just hard. because it's hard, right? Cause you don't want to, here's, I, I think I can explain the angst that I can see in your, your body language and voice right now. It's like, uh, Bitcoin's like, don't trust verify. Like what's going on in El Salvador is cool, but it's also like you have President Bukele. It's like, what the hell is he doing? Like, is he, is he trying to just make a name for himself? Is like, it's a bit of a hairy situation because like, obviously- Marty, you're my fucking brother. If you asked to borrow money, like a reasonable amount of money, I would lend it to you. Thank you. But if you told me you were putting half of it into Bitcoin, I might not lend it to you. I would, I would, I would, I would really question why you needed the money in the first place. I would, I like, I, but I definitely wouldn't give it to El Salvador. Well, you can make an argument. So the, again, I'll be the, the, the steel man uh, on this particular argument. Like you can make the argument that El Salvador is afraid uh, that they're not going to be allowed to issue uh, the type of bonds that they have been in the past due to, the positioning of the U.S. and uh, supranational unelected uh, officials like the IMF. Um, what's going on? Are you okay? Yeah, Matt's, it got dark here. Let me. I'm gonna Matt's, go turn on lights. Matt's lights. Car, go to yeah. Go to Marty. What's up, freaks? This is. What do you think about this light? I got my MacBooks and Macallan. 
Well, I got I bought a nice ashtray today. I got my stogie, my beer, my water, my phone. It feels good out here. It's feeling good. But again, I guess going back to what I was trying to say, El Salvador, uh, you could see it. Like, yes, I agree with Matt. If I were going to loan somebody money, uh, and they were like, I want to use half of it to buy Bitcoin, I'm like, ah, I don't know how I feel about that. But in this particular scenario, it's different. A personal loan from me or Matt to myself is different than a bond offering at, at the national stage, I would argue. It's a different context, more nuance. Um, Maller shouldn't give the IMF the time of day. No, he shouldn't. Um, and and it's with El Salvador specifically, again, I could see them having trouble raising capital through debt markets and the traditional financial system due to the, the ire they're receiving from the United States and the IMF right now. So maybe the Bitcoin play is, is the most risk averse play they can make given the cards they've been dealt um, potentially. Did you pick that up? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I really, I, I, I respect that everyone wants to accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible, Bukele and Bo- as well. And, uh, I I respect that there's there's more appetite among people looking to buy bonds to have some kind of Bitcoin exposure that they couldn't get otherwise. And that definitely juices the the bond offering. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said yesterday in the band. Like maybe the And I'm torn on Jack speaking at IMF, but uh he has a brother and uh he speaks really well and I respect whatever decision he wants to make on that. Yeah, let's see if he um, let's see if he just trolls him. I, I wouldn't hold I wouldn't hold that out of the realm of possibility. Maybe he goes there to tell them that they're fucking evil. Let's go. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold out hope for that. Maybe he just goes there and says you are obsolete. You're 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 worthless, Jack. Go into the history of the IMF. Bretton Woods. Everybody just met in New Hampshire. It was like, yeah. Like New Hampshire is a good place to meet, though. It is. There's like 200 of us here. Let's just change the global monetary system. U.S. dollar. <laughs> you're the reserve currency now. World Bank, IMF. You exist now. Like, yeah, fuck the IMF, man. Yeah. And the World Bank. Yeah. Sorry, Nick Carter. Um, I, do, I mean, I don't think you have to apologize to Nick. Okay. Even though his dad works for the IMF. Or World Bank. There's a World Bank? Mm-hmm. I think we lost Matt. What's going on on Matt's side of things? Did we lose him? Are no, I'm here. Okay. Are you winning, son? Yes, pa. Yes, father-in-law. I'm winning. I'm, I'm wearing a cowboy hat, smoking a stogie, talking Bitcoin. The world's changing in front of us. It's a beautiful thing. We're here reporting it. Are we reporters? Are we journalists? No. Car's saying yes. I don't think so. Marty, you're you're like a Bob Dylan, Marty. A Bob Dylan. I don't know. Just don't, don't give know. fucking stay home, Marty. <laughs> Fuck you, Car. <laughs> we didn't bring uh, you in here to pump our egos. Uh, this is another interesting story. I had some people um, in my DMs today worried about this one. Fold partnering with uh, the Pokemon Go creators, Niantic. Yeah, how do um, you feel about this, Marty? 
So this is something that's actually, I don't know if you freaks have been around. There was a coin called GeoCoin back in like the 2013, 2014 era that did something like this. It was like VR airdrops where you can go to physical locations. And it wasn't VR, it was AR. It was AR, augmented reality. Yes, sorry. AR, AR. is like when you see real life and yes. then things get added, like Pokemon Go. Yes, exactly. I'm um, sorry. And then yeah, my, VR is... Yeah, look up, look up GeoCoin car though. This is like an old shit coin. Like um, they, uh, they did something similar to what... So what is Full doing? They're partnering with the Pokemon Go creators to create an AR experience Niantic. where they will, they will drop sats in physical locations and you can use an AR-enabled app, I, I assume Fold, to go claim... Yeah, use the Fold app. Claim those sats. Uh, so in, you're in enabling camera. So I wouldn't be a privacy advocate if I didn't make clear that you're giving them camera permissions to see where the fuck you're located and location permissions. Yeah, yeah. So I you're guess giving them location and camera. I mean, don't zoom in that far, right? We're, we're, I don't remember GeoCoin. You don't remember GeoCoin? I remember it. Um, was it for Bitcoin or was they check, had a shitcoin? Check geocoin bitcoin talk.org. Um, was there a shitcoin? It was like, yeah, it was, it was a shitcoin. A- it was a shitcoin um, that you would go. And I get, I think this is it actually. Like uh, the, um, you would go and do like an AR experience, but you would also like log like information about the place where you, um, what do you found yeah. the coins to, to help like crowdsource information or something like that. I mean, it seems like I'm in the minority that like my complaint is camera and location permissions. Yeah, uh, and the most free- people's complaint is that they use the term metaverse in their marketing. Yeah, it's, how do you I, feel about a Bitcoin company using the term metaverse? I, I and the way I took it in the announcement was like trying to like co-opt the term, so I'm like all for that. Um, You're fine with the co-option. Yes, um, and uh, yeah, it freaks in my DMs worried. Uh, because Pokemon Go has ties to, like the CIA and NSA, apparently. Um, the Niantic company does. Yeah, which is the same company they just partnered with. Yeah. I mean, it it literally tricked a whole generation. I, it convinced, it, it coerced a whole generation to add, you know, Get camera and location permissions to a single app. Yeah. But so has Facebook which many freaks use, so has, you know, Instagram. I mean, you shouldn't use them. Instagram, Snapchat. Here's another creepy Snapchat thing. like that little map thing. Here's another creepy thing that a, a freak hopped in my DMs about today, which is really creepy. He was listening to the Barstool Pick'em podcast, and him and his friends listened to it together because they're gamblers. And he was worried that, like, Barstool was, um, like, pushing mandatory vaccine ads on people. Um, but he like asked his friends like, Hey, like when you were listening to the pick and podcast, did you receive an ad like to get the vaccine? And his friend was like, no, like obviously in the podcast. Uh, yeah. But it was like a Spotify inserted, Spotify ad. inserted ad. Yeah. And he got served like, that ad uh, and he's like, like I've been ta- yeah, he's like, I've been talking vocally near my phone about not being vaccinated. So he thinks that Spotify yeah, no. was using that to serve that ad to him. Look, I mean, be paranoid. Uh, Spotify might be listening to your microphone, but uh, if if you are the type of person that is against vaccine mandates, is against getting the vaccine, you're probably Googling it. You're like doing it all on your Wi-Fi. You're listening to this podcast. You're listening to other <laughs> podcasts. Like, 
there's all these other data points that will also serve you that ad. Yeah. Um, that's what people don't realize. They're like, oh, I was talking about getting a new mattress the other day with my, you know, my good friend. And, and then all of a sudden they served me the ad. Yeah. But did someone search on your Wi-Fi for mattresses? Like, have you been, you know, looking at mattresses separately? Like, are you? God damn it, Matt. Get it together over there. Well, we lost him. I will say it. I, I'm almost certain they do listen to voice and use your voice to serve you ads as well. Like they're using it all. Yeah. It's a type of metadata. I froze up twice now. It's not a good sign. Can we get you a MacBook for the show specifically? Please? It's not fucking Linux, bro. I think it is, bro. But like, you're part of the deep state. You're just trying to get everyone to use non-open <laughs> fucking compute. I don't have good internet at this location, but I will be at a new location. God damn it. Of course. Of course. As he's, as he's announcing his new location, he's going to be a new location in like seven days, two weeks, 14 days. Excuse me. I'm going to switch to mobile car. So just go to, uh, go to Marty. Go to this handsome fellow. I'm going to look straight in the camera for this freaks. We're part of a revolution, you know? Nah, I don't want to say, I mean, a peaceful revolution. Bitcoin is, is the most peaceful revolution. Peter McCormick had a piece in uh, The Spectator in the UK. Uh, that was the last line, uh, quoting Nick Carter. We, uh, we have uh, a very unique opportunity. And maybe we'll transition this to like a bit of what I'm thankful for, like mid-episode while we're waiting for Matt to get onto a better internet connection. Like I'm thankful that we even have this opportunity to talk about this stuff and explore this. Could you imagine a world in which we weren't able to do this because Bitcoin didn't exist. What if Bitcoin didn't exist and there were no similar alternatives uh, that were brought to market between now and, and 2008? Uh, what would the world look like? What would my psyche be like? like what, how fucking doomsday would I be? I don't know. I'm thankful that we have Bitcoin, so I don't know that timeline. Um, Viva la revolution. This is... Uh, this is true. I think uh, when Matt comes back, we're going to go to shout outs. Um, we only have three shout outs this week. Uh, one of which uh, was a freak who actually like didn't even buy a shout out. He bought me, he's buying me cigars and I'm a huge cigar guy. Uh, and they cost $50. So um, that's like one of the shout outs. I got to wait for Matt before we do the shout outs. What else can we talk about? Car, what's on your mind this week, bro? I really love that um, Matt Hill talk. Wasn't it a good one? Yeah, that was epic, dude. There was so much good stuff in there. Yeah, uh, go check that out if you haven't already, freaks. I, I sat down with Matt Hill. We talked for, it flew. I couldn't believe when I looked at the timestamps, it was a two and a half hour conversation. He is the co-founder of Start9 Labs, which makes Embassy OS, which is a, a independent, self-sovereign uh, stack. And he has a dedicated device where you can download it on your own machine soon, I believe. Um, and it's just uh, trying to get freedom enabling tools and privacy focused tools into the hands of as many individuals as possible. You can build uh, your own sort of app store in embassy and create a, a app suite that, that allows you to attain better privacy and sovereignty in the digital age. We talked about that a lot, but towards the end, we got really into philosophy and the difference between nihilism and an optimistic hope for the future. And I thought that part of the conversation was really uh, enlightening and, and mentally stimulating. It was the first time we got cosmic on this podcast in quite a while and it, it felt good. It was refreshing. It was, um, go check it out. 
And shout out to Start9 Labs and Embassy for for what they're doing. Disclaimer, 1031 uh, is an investor in Start9 Labs. But our, our fund isn't. No, not, not the fund that we joined in. Yeah. And before we joined, they, they invested in Start9 Labs. We good now? I, I, I'm on mobile now. All right, good. All right, good. We're going to shout outs. Let's fucking do it. It was hard. It's going to be hard to to roll back the tape and listen to an earlier part of this conversation after reading this shout out. But here we go. Penis, penis, dick, fart, fart, dick, penis, dick, dick, penis, fart, fart, dick, fart, 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 penis, dick, fart, dick, dick, penis, dick, fart, frat, dick, dick, penis, 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 dick. You misspelled a fart there and I had to read a frat. Whoever got that shout out and we're one letter away from having a perfect one. American HODL. You're going to have to try again next week. Yes, you are. Thank you for supporting the show. Thank it you. It means a lot. Uh, and people are like, oh, Marty, you're, you're degrading yourself. Oh, Marty, will read, Marty will read 40 farts in a row, but he won't fucking walk upstairs for Bitcoin development. I mean, I told you that after I read that, you were going to bring this up, and that's exactly what happened. But yes, I'll read this. Because we received 86,316 sats on chain, paid on chain. Could have used lightning for that freak. Next shout out. Why? One sat per byte confirms. That's true. This next one's on chain as well, actually. It's cheaper than lightning. Buy Marty a cigar from an Anon. That was the cigar. Um, that was the cigar one. Last but not least. Thank you, freak, for your support. One of my favorite Appreciate types you. of shout outs. This was on lightning, 89,074 sats. Super test net. You are a true friend. Love you, brother. It's uh, two people communicating over over the uh, the podcast. I always like that. Let's fucking go. I love, love Super. You freaks. Shout out to Super. Shout out to Super. Um, some shout outs for this week. If you freaks want to uh, purchase shout outs, you can do so at tftc.io slash contribute. I will read anything you put if you pay sats. Um, <laughs> no more hex. No more hex. Maybe it's I'm like not a better version of cameo. I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to read any more hex data. We, I think we've. That's like the only thing. No, no, we don't read any shitcoin shit. We that get shitcoin well. things time to time, or and ads. we will not. Yes. Yeah, we will not read that. Well, uh, Marty won't read it, and I won't let Marty read it. Little teaser freaks. We were discussing before we hit record. There might be another way to interact with this podcast in the future. That's all I'll say. It was Matt's idea. And he's gone again. His phone, his phone can't even help him out. I'm back. Oh, there he is. Uh, God damn it. Well, the phone's better. It seems like the phone's better. Are you Two excited? weeks. Freak. Are you excited about the next uh, potential integration of freak interaction on the on the podcast? Yeah, I'm very excited. Um, Think about it. We it kind of came. It came together because I I thought of it this morning when I woke up and. It seemed like you were already thinking about it as well when I brought it up to you, Gar. Yes. So that's great. Yeah. So uh, now that I think about it too, like I'm having more time, we're going to have to set some strict rules. We can't talk. If we're going to talk about business on air, we have to be fully transparent when we talk about it. We can't do coded business on okay. air. I'm not All cool right. with that. All right. No coded so let's business. Let's carry on. Let's carry, carry on. Uh, this is not an announcement of an announcement. Fuck you, freaks. This is uh, carrying on into software updates. LND version 0.14.0 beta has been released. As always with Don't the... Don't update. 
as always with these software updates, don't, is there vulnerability? Is that why you're saying don't update? Do not update. What is that? I mean, that, I both put this on the list and then I also do not update. Is this coded? Like, don't be coded. Or you just said don't be coded. This is not coded. Uh, this breaks compatibility with all the other clients and they can't open channels with you That's, and vice versa. Don't, don't upgrade. And they've already merged. They've already merged the fix. So, LND v0.14.1 slash beta will fix it, but it's not out yet. So don't update. Okay, don't update. Why but it exists. Okay, there's a vulnerability that borks out. It's not a vulnerability. It just like it does not work with the Greater Lightning Network. I would call like, that a vulnerability. You can only... Or that's a bug. I would call that a bug. Yeah, it's a bug. Uh, Electris version zero point nine point three has been released. BTC Pay Server version one point three point six has been released. Mercury Wallet version zero point four point five three has been released. Simple. Simple, simple Bitcoin wallet version 2.4.19 has been released. Seed si- Had Seeds- the lead maintainer on dispatch this week. Boss, Seed Signer version 0.4.5 has been released. Uh, BTC Pay Server version 1.3.6 has been released. Sphinx Relay version 2.2.2 has been released. Ledger Live Desktop version 2.35.2 has been released. And as Matt mentioned, <coughs> LND version 0.14.0 is not compatible with other implementations, so probably do not update. Wait for that uh, version 0.14.1 patch to get released. Wait, what uh, was what version? 0.14.1. Okay. Slash beta. Slash beta. I love that they just put slash beta. Even dash though we're beta, all putting, dash beta. Dash beta. Yeah, we're all just putting a fucking shit ton of money on it. Like, just putting beta there doesn't do anything. Hmm. Like, does it help them sleep at night? Well, Bitcoin Core sort of copped out of that by just dropping the zero. It was always like in beta. Did you see that's what I did with Dispatch? I like I removed the naming scheme as yes, soon as they switched to twenty two point zero. That was uh, it was supposed to be like a one week joke, but I felt like if Core continued, then I had to continue. That's a good inside joke. That's a good inside joke for Bitcoiners in the know there. Um, it's a good news to see. Is this Gemini's first dev sponsor or second? No. They've done. No, like people give McCormick a lot of shit, but McCormick single-handedly got the Winklevoss twins to actually start funding Bitcoin development. Yes. So Gemini sponsors Bitcoin Core maintainer Fanquake, who is the the beast out of Australia, who is known for labeling uh, PRs in Bitcoin Core almost immediately after their their uh they're put onto the GitHub repo. Also, he's like a bowler ass farmer. Yeah, he like runs like a me- very mechan- uh, mechanized farm, high technology farm in Australia. And I think he does more than labeling a Bitcoin core too. I think that would be diminishing uh, the the efforts and yeah, just a little bit the work he does. He does more than that, but that's like what he's known for. You talk to core contributors, like, dude, I don't know how this dude goes in and just granularly labels PRs like almost immediately after they're added to the repository. Yeah, I mean, he's like one of the most important Bitcoiners in the world. Yeah. Shout out to Fanquake. Shout out to Gemini for allowing him to do it's his like work. like him in yellow. Yeah. Michael Ford is his name, uh, his real name. We assume. Uh, speaking, we assume. Of se- <laughs> speaking of Seed Signer, uh, there's a GitHub page that uh, uh, goes into how to verify uh, that dice seed generation. And what is it? That, that it has a sufficient amount of entropy? Or, no, that it actually is using your fucking dice when you're creating your seed. Um, 
I had a recent show dispatch. entropy details. Yeah, that you're actually creating uh, entropy. Last week's dispatch was with raw avocado and waxwing, and we went into entropy and randomness. Um, and this is basically what we were talking about: is is this idea of being able to bring your own randomness, which we call entropy, uh, to the equation when you're making a secure Bitcoin private key. You want uh, true randomness because if you have fake randomness, if you have randomness that you think is random but it isn't random, someone else can come in and rug pull you and take your coin. Uh, this is mostly a theoretical threat. We haven't seen this in practice, uh, but the easiest way to avoid that is to bring your own randomness to the table. Uh, but then it comes down to can you actually verify that your randomness is what is being used to generate your private keys. And this uh, write-up does a very good job of explaining that. So being able to verify that you're actually bringing your own entropy to the table and that's what's being used. Uh, So shout out to Seed Signer, shout out to the dude who wrote this up. Um, One of my favorite open source projects. I'm very excited that uh, the lead maintainer will be presenting on the open source stage at Bitcoin 2022. Had to get his Bitcoin 2022 show in. There it is. There it is, freaks. There, there it go. is. There you go. No, I'm kidding. It was a good. It was a good opportunity to shill. You took it, uh, uh, and I'm okay if you're you're shilling. Well, I mean, I personally made sure Seedsander was on that fucking stage, so that wasn't even a Bitcoin 2022 shill. That was a Seedsander shill. So shout out to Seedsander. Shout out to Seedsander. <laughs> Seedsander. Seeds shine. I met him. I met him I at. I met him at the HRF event in uh, Miami, the Oslo Freedom Forum in Miami. Hell yeah. Um, Are we going to Norway in May? Are you? Uh, I, I got the invite. I got to figure it out. Yeah, I've already, I already have my plane tickets. Yeah. Um, 100%. Of course I'm going to fucking Oslo. Okay, okay. Just checking. Just checking. Gosh. I, honestly, if Gladstein told me to buy a... Bitcoin bond, I would buy the Bitcoin bond. <laughs> I, I, I would do, I would do whatever, whatever, whatever Gladstein asks of me, I will do. I respect that. I respect that dude a shit ton. I could have taken that. He's done yeah. a lot of good work for human rights and for Bitcoin. I just, I just um, want everybody, every, I want it to be noted to everybody listening to this. I could have taken that in a very inappropriate direction. I decided not to. Okay. <laughs> 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 well, honestly, that would be like the first time you've ever taken this podcast in an inappropriate direction. So, yeah, yeah, I try to keep it tame here. Well, speaking of, <laughs> speaking of Gladstein, what if what do you think about uh, him being attacked by this David Troy dude? Have you been following that at all? I think you're giving him too much attention. He's a spook. He's a know. fucking cuck who has replies disabled to his tweets. Yeah, and he has like himself giving a TED talk as his banner. That's like. So, like Heuristic. But like, do you realize? Do you realize you're enabling these people when, if you quote retweet them, you're giving them your audience. I know. I can't control you're, myself. You're enabling though. their cuck behavior to disable responses to their tweets. Well, is, is anyone, that something- anyone who's willing to tweet something out but not have people respond to your tweets in an open discussion format is not worth your time. They are weak people that are, you know, not willing to actually engage in good faith and they should be treated as such. Yeah, he's, he's, he's an anti- So you both retweeted him multiple times. You've mentioned twice. him on our podcast. Just twice. 
You've mentioned him on our podcast. Like you're just playing right into his his strategy. Well, I, I think it's it's David who? It's productive to bring up on the podcast because it goes into a theme that we were talking about last week with Hillary Clinton. They're going to try to paint Bitcoin as the de- great destabilizer of the incumbent system. And it seems like he's got ties to to DC and uh, think tanks and stuff like that. So just sounding an alarm there. Uh, those types of people are, are beginning to posture. posture so the first time fashion. you responded to him, the tweet was great. Because you didn't quote retweet him. You just said the most laugh out loud moment in Bitcoin FUD is saying the Human Rights Foundation is like you like you paraphrased what he said and then you called him a fool and then you didn't tag him or anything like that was that's the ideal response. That's how we should proceed. Okay, Twitter lessons from Matt Odell. And I like Twitter lessons from Matt Odell because he's a very good tweeter. He's a very good tweeter. Very good Twitter operator. Membius of Matt's Twitter skills. Look at you. Caps Odell's coming back soon, freaks. You're, you're being humble. Humble Odell's, uh, he's still here, obviously. Uh, what else do we got here? This is, I have, as I'm happy you put this on the list because I have this deep dive open my tabs to dive into. I haven't dove into it yet, but there is a, a deep dive on compact block filters, which is a uh, bit 158 that uh, is on the internet right now uh it's a long one again i haven't dove into it yet but uh, i think uh you want to give a high level of what uh block filters are marty uh the purpose of block filters a bitcoin like client yeah so if you're using a lot like client um reading it and you don't want to store the whole blockchain you'll use block filters i guess that's the most simple no the high level of block filters is this idea you pick the the blocks that you want and the transactions in those blocks and you no, no, but the filters themselves are something that a node sends out so to interact with the bitcoin network you need a bitcoin node to interact with the bitcoin network you're either using your own node or using someone else's node now if you use someone else's node you completely inherently implicitly trust them with your privacy and your bitcoin node information now a compact black block filters are something that the node sends out to light users that tells them these transactions were in this block, but not the full block. And That's then what if I they see said. a transaction, if the light user sees a transaction that is relevant to them, I have that receive address, I want to know about that transaction, it will automatically reach out to the greater Bitcoin network to pull the actual block to get that information. So the light client user doesn't need to pull every block and the light client user doesn't have to dox all their transaction information to the specific block filter provider rather than the the status quo for light clients, which is you're just you're just saying all these addresses are mine. Send me the relevant data. Yes. All right. You were more in depth to me, but I think the gist of what I said is in line with what you just described. Marty, as long as you don't dance on stairs for Bitcoin devs, like you're dead. <laughs> you're really going to shame me into this. Shame on you. It's going to come back. I'm going to figure something out of the same caliber. Uh, <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine with us going at each other for Bitcoin development. Let's, let's fucking go. Like, let's, let's. Freaks. Being honest, like, could you ever envision Matt doing that dance? Like, 
Would you? What if, all right. are you gonna, are you I'm putting up a million sap bounty now. He has to be on the stairs with me or I don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Well, next we need time, to... Next time get, we'll do it. We're, we're going to meet in Philadelphia. We're going to do it on the art museum steps. It's going to be... No, uh, I'm not going to Philly. Hey, yeah, I'm pulling you into this with me. You're going to drag me. I wake up on a on a beautiful Wednesday before Thanksgiving and I, I'm getting forced. Are you going forced. to Nashville Bitcoin meetup next month? Yes, I am. December 8th, Nashville. Okay. I will be there. So if the freaks commit, if the freaks commit 10 million sats to open source Bitcoin development, I will do it with you on some steps in Nashville next, next, next month. December 8th. God damn it. You started this. Are you, are you, are you, you started this. That? Are you down for yes, that? Yes, I'm down. I just said, yeah, but I'm a man of okay, my word. So, so if you're willing to commit a million sats, we need 10 freaks to commit a million sats to open source Bitcoin development to, to, to remove all conflicts of interest. We'll put it to HRF. HRF will give it to Gladstein and we'll, we'll, we'll trust, we'll, we'll trust him and it'll trigger Troy as well, which is nice. Well, if, if you just respond to the tweet saying that you're going to give him a million sats um, and we're going to collect that money before we do the video. Yeah, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to figure out a way we'll have to create a multi We'll have Gladstein collect the money before we, we do the video. Add 10 million sats, we do the video in Nashville. Yes. And we, neither of us will wear skirts or anything no, I'm like not that. wearing. We're I'm, just going to do that. I'll be wearing outfit like this. Okay. Now I'll, I'll have a, I'll have a cowboy hats and boots. Cowboy hats and boots. I have to practice this dance now. It's not more work, more goddamn work. It's not work. This is a labor of love. I love doing all this shit. I will happily dance upstairs for Bitcoin developers. I'm not Marty Bent. Oh, now you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have not heard anything about this story. The last one on the list that you have. Amazon does not want you to have privacy. What's going on here? They hate you freaks. What, uh, can you give us a breakdown of what's going on? Amazon has a group of lobbyists that is literally going state by state to make sure that they can harvest as much of your personal information as possible without regulations getting in the way. Oh, lovely. And they are the number one provider of internet connected security cameras. Uh, you might call them ring devices uh, in residential homes. They obviously also have all your intimate shopping details if you use Amazon Music, they know what you listen to. Which, by the way, uh, fuck Amazon, but also we're available on Amazon Podcasts now. We are. Uh, we are. So you, you can ask your Alexa to play our show, and I can degrade you for listening to it while you're listening to it through Alexa. Thanks for listening, but uh, get off Alexa. I don't think um, you freaks understand you, how hard it is to, to wear these headphones with the cowboy hat on. I can't really put why it on. Why don't you like, get earbuds? What if I just... Talk, Matt. Can I hear you? Just get earbuds. I can sort of hear you. I should get Marty, earbuds. just get earbuds. I can hear you. I can get earbuds. I don't think Marty can hear me. Marty should uh, just get earbuds. Wait, are you fucking with me now? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Now, now you're not talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but just get earbuds. They're more convenient. Oh. Why even a fucking... Like, what's with the headphone thing? I don't know. I like them. I like them. It's because the cool factor, right? But if you're going to wear a cowboy hat. I don't know. It reminds me of my days back at Barstool when we used to record. They they had the headphones. I don't know. It's just like, especially if you have like a guest in person, you both had the headphones on and it makes it a much better experience. 
These are high anyway, freaks. If you have an Alexa here in Austin, man. If you have an Alexa, get rid of the car. Do you have an Alexa? No, no, I don't. Or like a Google Home, or no. That's good. If, like, don't guys, come on. We all have iPhones and Androids, all right? Like, like if you're gonna have a wiretap in your house, like at least make them install it. Like, don't pay them for it. Yeah. But anyway, Amazon doesn't care about you. And uh, Jeff Bezos makes, uh, he builds horrible yachts. They're not even nice. You don't like his yachts? Did you see the yacht he built? No. So bland. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not like, remember that like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous show on BH1? Where you're just like. It would just remind you of how poor you were. Yeah, but you know that dope uh, Twitter account, uh, Wrath of Ganon or whatever? Wrath of Don, yeah. Yeah. He, like, he was like talking shit about how bland uh, Bezos's yacht was. That's the only reason I know the yacht exists. I've DN'd with Wrath of Don. He's a very, yeah, very kind how, gentleman. Look how boring that yacht is. It looks like a pirate ship. It just looks ship. like a mini cruise ship. It looks like a pirate ship with the sails up. Imagine what you could do with $500 million. I mean, we won't have to imagine because uh, Bukele's just going to do it. But uh, <laughs> he's just going to give us 500 mil. Let's go. I mean, Bezos would have been better off putting that into fucking Bitcoin. He would. He's got so much money, though. To say Look how boring that yacht is. Imagine what you could do with $500 million. Well, we're only seeing on the, the outside. Maybe that's like the whole point, like boring on the outside of fucking. Marty defends the deep state. <sighs> <laughs> hey, hey, we haven't seen the inside yet. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. We should do our episodes like always Sonny does. The gang. The gang. Yeah, so like we just state. have card we have card pick a phrase <laughs> after the fact. And it's just like in the beginning, like Marty, Marty matter, not deep state. deep state. You know what, freaks? We hate Bitcoin. It's fucking destroying <laughs> the US dollar. It's destroying it's destroying the autonomy of, of globalism. It, we're 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 transitioning to a build back better podcast starting next week. The gang transitions to a Build Back Better podcast. <laughs> like that's what I'm talking about. Something like that. Uh, that was it for the list. Um, things I wanted to add on. Uh, I just got tagged in a tweet that Zero Hedge sent out. Apparently, uh, Brazil's President Bolsonaro is uh, Bolsonaro is warning that they have a fertilizer shortage, and Brazil's one of the top four food producers in the world. This plays into the theme of the last few weeks of their manufacturing energy and food shortages. There's a fertilizer shortage because there has been a artificial curb on natural gas production, which is a, a very uh, important ingredient in fertilizer. Um, on top of the controlled demolition theme, we had uh, Joe Biden come out and mandate that anybody doing interstate travel for work, uh, so truckers mainly are targeted here, have to have mandatory vaccines by January 22nd, uh, considering the demographics of the trucking industry and their views on the vaccine. And it's likely that more truckers are going to be dropping out of the workforce come January 22nd, which should just exacerbate the supply chain problems that we have. And you said de Blasio is going after the subways? Yes, I saw that as well. I explain? mean, we can't even stop people that push other people into the subway tracks from going on the subway. So I don't know how he's going to enforce that, but it does seem like he's trying to do as much damage as possible before he leaves. Yeah. And there's other stuff like Jen Psaki's coming out and like defending inflation and saying it's not our problem. The 
the head of the energy um, Do you see the, the agency? There's like all there's all these like how much uh, oil we produce. There's all these fucking uh, pieces on social media about how like if you can't afford a turkey because of inflation, like just don't buy a turkey. Like yeah. have an Italian feast and shit. There was somebody on like Good Morning America or the Today Show yesterday telling people to charge like, family members twenty bucks a head for Thanksgiving. We're not dinner. a perfect country, but I thought the line was that everyone deserves a turkey on Thanksgiving. Yes. Like I thought that was, it was even like, we have was turkey drive. It was like FDR's like, line, a pot, a chicken in every pot. Like that was like, like one of we pay, Like there's charities specifically set up to make sure that poor people get turkeys on Thanksgiving. And now they're telling like middle income people, middle class people to just fucking pivot, have an Italian feast, have some salami on a fucking hero. Eat your soy sludge. Uh, well, they didn't say that. Yes, they did. The, the Fed came out. St. Louis Fed came out with a tweet, said like, you can get just as much protein by eating soy-based meal instead of a turkey-based meal on Thanksgiving. And oh, it'll, I miss it'll, that. it'll be like a third of the cost. Yeah, yeah it, I will, not my Thanksgiving. No. <laughs> Greta, you crazy bitch. What are you doing? Why point that gun at me? <laughs> yeah, go up to the St. Louis Fed. Uh, yeah, that's a great tweet. Photoshop. <laughs> Eat the fucking bugs. Yeah, from the Fred blog. The Thanksgiving dinner serving a poultry cost uh, $1.42. A soybean-based dinner serving with the same amount of calories costs 66 cents and provides almost twice as much protein. Eat your soy sludge, freaks. It's, it's, Can we talk about... Um, can we can we talk about conversations at the Thanksgiving Day table tomorrow? Yeah, uh, we, we, we can. I think if, if I don't know if you freaks listened to Tim Dillon's podcast episode this week, but he had a hilarious uh, uh, walkthrough of what everybody's Thanksgiving conversation is going to be like. But what is a Bitcoiner's Thanksgiving Day like? Your family knows you're a Bitcoiner. You're sitting at Thanksgiving Day table. What's our conversation going to be like? Uh, my advice has always been: don't be the one to initiate. Don't be the annoying Bitcoin or like, hey, let's talk about Bitcoin. Just wait for it to come. What if to you. we just talk about inflation and just never bring up Bitcoin and see how long it takes for another family member to bring up Bitcoin? Yeah, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't even think it's going to be you that's got to bring up inflation. Your aunt Susan's going to be like, oh my gosh, I cooked this dinner and it was hey, last year was like three hundred dollars. This year was five hundred. Like, it's insane. Can I get twenty bucks from each of you to? Did you see my tweet about Uncle John? I, I did, but I, I can't recall exactly what it was. A freak, a freak called me out like Uncle John without Bitcoin. When Uncle John gets Bitcoin, he's Uncle Jim. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Or do you turn? Um, in, no, you are the Uncle Jim. Uncle John I know, will but turn Uncle, into and Uncle John. An Uncle Jim who user. Bitcoin is Uncle Jim. Okay, I like that. Um, um, I, yeah, big fan of let it come to you. Don't be the annoying. I mean, they all know I'm a Bitcoiner now, so I don't even yeah. have to fucking bring up shit. I've shilled Bitcoin at like, <laughs> like I've showed it. I showed it at like eleven hundred, uh, like five hundred, a buck eighty, twelve thousand, whatever it was at last year. I've shilled it at all the prices. Um, yeah. I uh, I think Bitcoin City is going to come up. People are going to ask about Bitcoin City. No one cares about the volcano bond. No one's going to bring up that. 
They'll bring up Bitcoin City. They'll bring up inflation. Inflation is going to be a big topic at the table. Agreed. Uh, obviously, vaccine mandates will be, but that's well, not really I was a, just about to say, for the sake of the, the, the uh, cohesion of your family and, and, uh, and avoiding fights, just try to avoid the vaccine mandate shit at all costs. Or, no. or is that wrong of me to say, should we be pushing and be like, this is the time to get to your family and be like, this is authoritarian. You know what? I'm taking a complete 180 on that. Lean in. No, Lean no, in no, no. So, so, so if you're a freak that cares about it and you're at the Thanksgiving Day table, it means that your family already took a tolerant position about it, right? Because there are families that are getting divided right now that they're not even invited to Thanksgiving because they're being asked their vaccination status. So I would say that <sighs> I lost him again. I think I'm going to There try. should be a little bit of There you're back now. There should I'm, be a little There should be a little bit of what? He's gone again. There should I think what I, I think Matt was trying to get at was there should be like a little bit that's like a it's like a step in the door where like hey you're not worried about me being here, not vaccinated, eating with you all. Okay, I'll let Matt explain now that he's back. He's just dancing. I can hear you. <laughs> we're, we're, the company is, is going to invest oh, in, a, in a fiber optic line to your parents' house to, to make sure that this goes through. Two weeks. Two weeks. Um, the, so uh, you can hear me, but it's just the video is delayed. No, now it's good. What were you saying? See it as an opportunity to highlight that they are tolerant? Yeah, he's, he's chopping. Uh, come back in, Matt. When else should we go? What else is going to be talked about? Thanksgiving yeah. dinner. Bring um, me back. Bring you're back. Oh, motherfucker. 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 Bring me back. Um, I'm bringing it back in. What else is going to go on on Thanksgiving? I mean, lean into Biden being completely mentally incompetent. Like, he, did you guys see that he, he read the end of the uh, teleprompter, end quote? And, and there was another thing. He said he was celebrating his 58th birthday like a couple weeks ago. And then there was... He did something this week where like it literally like the sentence didn't make sense and they rushed off stage. Um, a bunch of reporters were trying to ask him a question. He was like, oh, Mr. Bigu, I'm going to go over here. Um, our, our, our president is mentally incapacitated. This is the state of the world right now, freaks. Um, bring that up at Thanksgiving. See what your Aunt Susan thinks about that. Uh, I think she'll get some interesting responses. I'm sorry about the internet. I don't even don't apologize. I'm fucking with you. They they supposedly have fiber optic here for whatever it's worth, but it's a fucking mess. I don't feel like fixing it. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good solution. Um, so if you're at the table, you're unvaccinated. It shows that the your family is, is a bit tolerant. You were already like. There's plenty of families that aren't including you if you're in their family, right? Like your family's including you. They probably already know your opinion on this topic. 
because most of us are very outspoken. So like, I don't know if it's that necessary to get into a massive argument about it at the Thanksgiving dinner table, you know? Yeah. Just, just try and be peaceful with your family other than like telling them that like there's like a creeping dystopian authoritarian state. And like we should It depends how much whiskey back, you drink. Yeah. I mean, I'm starting my whiskey drinking right now. I'm going to like in the beginning, keep going through the night, wake up tolerant. to a bloody, um, yeah, that's actually, it's hilarious that you say that. Cause that's like, uh, that was like part of Tim Dillon's line in this week's episode. He's like, yeah, you're going to have that one aunt who's just like, we're not talking about this. We're not talking about this. And everybody gets drunk enough to like, shut the fuck up, aunt Susan, we're getting into it. Okay. And then gloves off. You, you just rip into it. I think it's an inevitable. important part. We're here yeah, trying to like, part, tell you guys to be tame, but it's inevitable. That's just an important part about Thanksgiving dinner <laughs> is drunken, productive conversation. <laughs> Uh, with with your family. I, I just, I think most of us hold it on our sleeves. So I think, I, I, I your family is an idiot. Like they know how you feel about that situation. And the fact that they're, in, you know, that you're a part of that experience, you should be grateful for that. I like, I, I like, is that a cuck mentality that like I'm, I don't, I don't know. So. I, it's hard with family. It's very hard with family. Um, like there like are the, families divided over this where yeah. you're just not even invited. Yeah. No, it's, a, it's, it's one a, thing if I'm hosting. If I'm hosting, I'm going to be, I'm not hosting this year. <laughs> if I was hosting, I'd be a fucking asshole about it. Yeah. Carr's not laughing at Matt. He's laughing at BTC Penn saying, bring your RHR bingo card to Thanksgiving table. And make sure you hit all the, all the squares. Yeah, I mean, that definitely would lead to a productive conversation. Get into a fight with your family about not listening to Rabbit Hole Recap. Yes. Tell them to at least explore. Think about it. They should at least check us out. They should. Um, well, I had something else to say. I don't know, like four whiskeys deep, like I, I imagine the debate will be heavy. But like in the beginning, ease them into it. Yeah. Oh, I know what I want to bring up. I was talking about easing into it. I, I went back on the Sean Avery podcast yesterday. No gruffs given. Episode dropped today. It was Bitcoin 101. He wanted to have me back. He's going big into Bitcoin, but he wants his audience to learn, uh, to know how to get easiest into Bitcoin. I'm interested in what you think about this, uh, this pitch. Go listen to the podcast. Let me know what you think, but I'll, I'll give it a, a short synopsis on what I said. And again, obviously... Cash up's a sponsor. Who is um, this? On the, on the Sean Avery podcast. He was like, how do you, like if my listeners, US based, are listening, what's the easiest way for them like get Bitcoin exposure? I said, probably the easiest way. Uh, I imagine a lot of your, your audience has Cash App downloaded on their phone. You can go buy it there. It's Bitcoin only. And you can send it. I would I highly advise that you send it to a wallet that you control, test it out with something like Blue Wallet first, uh, little amounts, uh, get used to sending and receiving transactions, eventually migrate to a hardware wallet, then eventually a multi-sig when you have enough, um, enough uh, capital where you think you need to be more secure about it. Um, yeah, this is, this is another thing, uh, talking about Thanksgiving conversation. Um, like Who is what, this guy? Am I like a Sean Avery, that ex, I don't know? ex New York Ranger hockey player? He, uh, oh, okay. he has a rule named after him, the Avery rule, because he would stand in front of goalies 
uh, and distract them. Uh, I respect that. I yeah. like pushing rules until yeah. new rules are made. Yeah. Um, he was a, he was a, he was an enforcer too. I respect that. Uh, that's awesome. I'll listen to that podcast. Yeah. I, um, you know, I mean, I think cash app is one of the most ethical of the regulated on ramps. That's why they're our sponsor. Um, Agreed. obviously you still have the privacy trade off. I think I made I, that clear. I'm too. not aware. I'm not aware of a single time they've blocked coin join usage. Um, if that has happened to you, please reach out to me. Uh, but, uh, yeah. I, I mean, threw River for, in there too. Um, if you want to buy more. Yeah. Uh, River Unchained, also a sponsor, KYC. Yeah. Uh, they uh, Unchained is explicitly not uh, looking at un- CoinJoin. Cash App won't talk about it, but I'm pretty sure they've never actually blocked CoinJoin. So. Yeah, the Unchained guys are, are fine talking about it. Um, yeah, they've explicitly said that CoinJoin is fine. Yeah. Um, the, uh, if anything, it's, it's encouraged. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. And then he asked me the biggest attack... Uh, and I said KYC. They're gonna like they're gonna try to stop. Yeah, go through this KYC outlet, but also this is the well. That's that's well. Like, I, <laughs> so that's why I'm asking. Like it's such a touchy subject, but it's like like for what's the most actionable advice you can give that audience where they're actually going to go. That's like the weird trade off with like the KYC no KYC things. Like so, do you I want more people in Bitcoin or? Uh, are you going to give them a path by which 90% of them are going to say that's too hard? I'm not going to do it. Well, so I think it depends who you're like, if it, if you're on a ex hockey players podcast, that's one thing. Yeah. Um, but if it's, if, if it's a friend, yeah, like, see, you should thing. give him a hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin and he should pay you a hundred dollars in cash or buy him dinner. Like he pays for dinner with a credit card. You pay him Bitcoin. I like yeah. that should be their first experience. I agree with that. I actually had that uh, earlier this week. Wife and I went down the street have have dinner with neighbors. Uh, I made them download a wallet and send them some Bitcoin to get them exposure. Exactly, that's yeah. the best way. Like if you're yeah. actually onboarding person in in the real life, like that's what you should do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but these are type of the question. These are some questions you may be asked, or maybe maybe. Let's let's not uh, let's not uh, close out the possibility that the Thanksgiving conversation goes swimmingly, and your own family approaches you like, "I want to get Bitcoin. This inflation's crazy. How do I do it?" When uh, you say, "Hey, let's go get dinner," you buy. I'll, I'll send you Bitcoin. That's how you get into it. Should we bring? Uh... Just slip some psychedelics in this Thanksgiving punch. I uh, I highly recommend if it's a smaller group with your family. Uh, like microdosing at a holiday dinner. I've done it before, and it was an incredible, incredible dinner. Did were they aware? Yes, everybody was aware. I'm not a big fan of uh, drugging people without their, <laughs> without their permission. <laughs> we got M. G. Smith saying that Grandma aped her pension to the corn after a little bit of psychedelics. Boss. Uh. Yeah. Right. Would you recommend? You recommend a blue wallet? Yeah. I mean, blue wallet's just too easy. Um, I think. Because it's available on Android and, and iPhone. And yeah, blue wallet's solid. Yeah. 
Use your own note with Blue Wallet or onboard them Uncle Jim style onto your note. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, it's so like that's, I mean, we're, we're deep in the woods, obviously, in this podcast uh, into the Bitcoin world. I like Moon with two U's. Yes, Moon with two U's is good as well. Um, simple Bitcoin wallet is not for simple users, but it's good. It's like intermediate Bitcoin wallet is what it should be named. On the other hand, is simple and powerful. Yeah, Moon, you can literally scan any QR code in Bitcoin and it'll spend. Boom. What are we on Moon now? Yeah, we are. Look at that interface. It's fucking gorgeous. Do you have anything else Um, you want to touch on before we wrap up here? I don't know. Thanksgiving is a special time. I just think that maybe I think highly of you freaks. I know Marty very well. I hope you do. I haven't met Carr in person yet, um, but I think very highly of them. Uh, I think very highly of you freaks. And I think the majority of us, the overwhelming majority of us should be very grateful with the position we're in. And this time of year is uh, a time focused on stuffing your face with food, with family, having some alcohol, enjoying some football. But most importantly, it's a time when we should be feeling very grateful to be in the position that we're in. Life is short. And uh, there is no place that I'd rather be than with the freaks on Rabbit Hole Recap every fucking week. Like, it is special. It is fucking special. And I love you all. Like, I really do truly love you all. And you guys, you guys really make it worth it. I mean, I co-sign everything that was just said. I don't know if I can add anything better to that, but I will try. Uh, I mean, the show brings a lot of joy to my life. Like I said earlier, it's a labor of love. Of course, we do make money from this, but honestly, like that is a uh, a fact that astonishes me still to this day that we're able to show in, show up week in and week out, do this the way we want to do it, the way we like to do it, and then we're able to hang with you freaks, interact with you freaks, and build this community, I guess you can say, of freaks that we're building and you know, we're doing this together, guys. Like this is, it's happening. And whether you realize it or not, you're a part of it. And I'm just incredibly thankful that you take part of your your time to, to listen to our thoughts about Bitcoin and, and interact with us and give us feedback and, and participate in the conversation. And I think it's productive for a lot of people. That's what I'm thankful for. Uh, if I could say anything, like that's, get DMs and people reaching out um, saying that they, they get value out of it. And that's, I wouldn't be doing it uh, if it wasn't providing any value. So I'm thankful that uh, it is providing value for you freaks because it wouldn't be worthwhile if it wasn't. Cheers. Cheers. I don't have any whiskey left. I'm going to actually, let's, I'm going to finish a whiskey. Let's, let's Dude's do got a whole bottle of whiskey on camera, but he doesn't have any whiskey left. Yeah. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Grateful for Marty's bullshit. Bullshit. <laughs> I have no whiskey left. I'm looking at a full bottle, bro. Yeah, I had nothing in here. I couldn't cheers you with an empty glass. It's bad luck. What are you drinking? I'm drinking Oban 14 because it's the easiest to pronounce whiskey. Mm-hmm. It's literally four letters. Super yeah. easy to pronounce. Hell yeah. I'm also, what else are we thankful for? I'm thankful for my family. Uh, obviously, I, I love you freaks, but I love my family as well beautiful wife a beautiful son my, my, our family. my in-laws are in town 
love them. My parents, of course, my brother, my sister. Um, Your brother is the better, better brother. I kicked his ass at a workout this morning, though, so I can hold that over <laughs> him at least. So, uh, yeah, but he went out with everyone after bit tits. I, and well, I gotta, I gotta call uh, <laughs> bitch tits out. Like I, I, think I, go to drinks after I think I hit a nerve right now. I went That's to Cooper's until Cooper's closed down at midnight, and then I went home. I got a child, well, a wife. That, you don't get any credit for staying out till midnight, Marty. Fuck you. He's well. I'm I'm pull, pulling a semantics argument. He said I didn't go to After Bit Devs drinks. I certainly went to After Bit Devs drinks at Cooper's. I went to Cooper's After Bit no, Devs. That's like part of Bit and had some had Cooper's some is part of Bit Devs. Um, speaking of that, now I'm being reminded, Peter Todd. If you're listening to this for whatever reason, I doubt you are. <laughs> uh, if you're still in Austin, I would love to connect and, and record an episode. Um, yeah, I mean, you should probably try and reach out to him directly. Yeah, we'll direct message him. Um, yeah, I agree with Young Lurk. Everything good happens after midnight. Like you get no credit up to midnight. This, this is the exact opposite uh, advice that my uncle Joe gives. Uh, he says nothing oh. good happens after midnight. You should be in Who bed the before midnight. Uncle Joe? uncle Joe, where does he sit in the Uncle John, Uncle Jim trilemma? John, Joe, and Jim. Uh, John's the convert. Joe, it might be a, a stark holdout, uh, a staunch holdout. Jim's in, Joe, John's thinking about it, and Joe's like, no fucking way. There's nothing <laughs> you could say to get me to stack size. No, no, Jim is a Bitcoiner. Yes, John, John is persuadable. John is a no-coiner that hates Bitcoin. A pre-coiner. No, John is a pre-coiner that is persuadable, no, and Joe, Joe is a no-coiner that is not uh, Joe's persuadable. Joe's a pre-coiner. No, John's the pre-coiner. Well, one topic we haven't talked about today, if you still want to have a conversation with me. I Marty, do. I have whiskey. Is the Turkish lira. Oh, yes. This is actually very important. It's been getting absolutely fucking decimated this week. I, it's, uh, it's fucking you, tragic. Can you look up trade, trade block TRY? Um, that would be... Car. Car. Duck, duck. Go it, car. Duck, duck, go it. Duck it. <laughs> Duck Can it. we say duck it? Duck it, car. Just look up Turkish Lear. Let's see if they pull up a... Uh, Yo, uh, car, by the way, sometimes DuckDuckGo search results are bad. So if you just do exclamation point G, it'll search through Google in like a ethically moral way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go, uh, go down, go down. There's got to be better charts. Um, yeah, go to that XE chart. I love Joe Rogers. Joe Rogers is the best of the Joes. And go down to the one month chart. And while we're at it, like, fuck the Bens. I thought you said fuck the Bent. I was like, whoa. Um, uh, speaking of Bens, we have Ben Trisha on the podcast. We'll be posting that on Friday. That was a good Yeah, day. you fucked up her husband, though. Now, oh, my bad. Sorry, Ben Kaufman. Uh, yeah, so this is a chart of the Turkish Lira since. Looks like it hit a breakaway devaluation starting on November 18th. Look at that uh, chart. That looks like a fucking shit coin, man. Yeah. And so this is in response to Erdogan trying his best to to granularly control uh, the, the exchange rate, and it's obviously not working. Um, and so Turkish citizens are uh, watching the, the purchasing power of their lira disintegrate right in front of their eyes. That's a pretty significant devaluation there. It's over... 30, 40% in the course of the last month. 
And talking about like critiques of Bitcoin magazine, I mean, they, they had a tweet out. They were like, all time high in Turkish Lira. <laughs> like, Come on, guys. Timing. People are hurting. Timing, timing. <laughs> you got to know when, when to pick your spots, whoever runs the, the, um, the Bitcoin magazine Twitter account. I think like the real, the real, uh, uh, the no real lesson here is that was a bad joke. It was a funny joke, though. How can Turkey be so expensive this, <laughs> this year? The Lira <laughs> is hyperinflating. <laughs> That was yeah, funny. I mean, it's I always good when you conflate the bird with the uh, the country. If you if you're conflating the bird with the country, like you're, you're usually in a good point on the joke. <laughs> as long as you're like three whiskeys deep, it's funny. Um, <laughs> the 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 fucked up the the fucked up case study of the Turkish lira and every other failed fiat currency in the past is that when shit hits the fan, it is too late. Yes. Right now, you cannot buy Apple products with Turkish Lira. The banks are all fucking you. You cannot get your money out. At that point, it is too late. When the shit really hits a fan, it is too late. Like if You need to understand Bitcoin as best as possible. None of us understand Bitcoin properly, fully. We, we're learning. We're still learning. You're we're learning exploring. alongside me and we're Marty. We're exploring the, the open map that Bitcoin has But you given need us. to get comfortable with Bitcoin. You have to own Bitcoin. You have to get comfortable with Bitcoin before the political crisis starts, before the economic crisis starts. Like if you don't, if you don't get on a lifeboat before the ship starts sinking, it's going to be very difficult to get on the fucking lifeboat. And, and Turkey is the most recent example of this. Yeah. Let's not use CNN as a source here, Car, please. Don't use Zero Hedge either. Zero Hedge is a horrible source, Marty. I love Zero Hedge. Zero Hedge is not a credible source. I think it's more credible than CNN in the spectrum. No, of you should not. Car, no Zero Hedge. Uh, no CNN, no Zero Hedge. We'll, we'll, we'll talk business off. Maybe off. I'm like the modern moderate. I'm the modern moderate. No CNN, no Zero Hedge. And what do you use Fuck then? Well, there's plenty of Turkish Lira stories. Yeah, I prefer the ones on Zero Hedge to CNN. Don't use Zero Hedge. AP, good. fucking use AP, fine. AP, just the, 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 the head of the mainstream media, squid. Um, yeah, he's trying to defend rate cuts on the interest rate. I think um, Reuters is fine. No, they're all involved, dude. They usually just do like paragraphs, yeah. breaking news. Yeah. yeah use Bitcoin you. Magazine. Okay. The pinnacle of journalism. <laughs> can't use the bet. I haven't written about it yet. It's it's heavy too. Like I know there were some jokes in the comments, but yeah, these people are suffering. And this is uh again, I know it's fucked up. Acutely highlights the fact of why we're in Bitcoin. Like these people are suffering due to the fact that they have centralized authorities trying to uh, granularly control complex systems and it just never works out. And uh those people, Erdogan and his cronies and everybody around him probably isn't suffering that much outside of the the ire of, of uh, their countrymen being directed at them uh, but the, the the countrymen who have a lot of ire toward Erdogan and his cronies are, are suffering materially they can't buy the necessities that they need to to live a life that they're accustomed to uh, due to the fact that their money just doesn't work correctly and uh, this has always been a they're relying of, on that fucking money and they're yeah. getting fucked yeah there's 80 there's over 80 million Turkish people and they're getting fucked yeah. they're literally getting fucked it's a humanitarian crisis is what it is yeah 
And like, and and like, if there's a tsunami, like the news will report on it. Yeah. And, and this is like, this is worse. This is worse than a tsunami. And this has always been, uh, uh, yes. And in fact, it probably affects everybody except for, I'm not going to dive into that, but it's always been uh, a thesis in Bitcoin land that it's going to like, it's going to start with these weaker currencies. It was like Venezuela, Argentina. Uh, you had uh, hyperinflation in Zimbabwe. Now your Turkey's going. Like all these fiat currencies are going to fail. They're probably going to fail in the the least politically stable and uh, in countries that don't have the international stature of of uh, the UN G eight or G seven countries, if you will. Um, but it will go up. It's going to get to. Uh, the yen, euro, the pound, the, the US dollar. dollar. It's coming. It's inevitable. They're all doing the same thing, just at different scales and at different points of relative strength on, on the geopolitical yeah. spectrum. Don't trust Marty. Trust Hillary. <laughs> yeah. Trust Hillary. Trust Hillary. She'll, she'll suicide you. You'll, you'll find uh, in the afterlife that you, you somehow committed suicide by shooting yourself in the back of the head. Is that too morbid? <laughs> and, um, Murray oh, tries to not be controversial. Thank God we podcast. got down this this uh, rabbit hole uh, because I did want to mention, because, and again, I don't like to take it here, but I think it's important because I, I think there was a lot of distracting tactics used in distraction taxes, tactics used over the last few weeks uh, to distract from Ghislaine Maxwell's case, which is going on right now. Uh, did it start yet? I think they did like jury selection or it's federal court. So they did, they had like preliminary. It starts tr- in like two days or something, Marty. I mean, well, they've had like preliminary hearings already. Like over This the is the most week. news I've heard about a case before it's actually started. Right now, what I'm saying? Just in general. I mean, I just, all the, all the news about it not being covered has been very. Well, because it's been going on, started. dude. It started last week, like the pretrial stuff. And now the trial officially starts later next week i believe but again yeah like these uh, the epstein stuff is something that should be looked into i mean kevin spacey has been pictured with bill clinton many times bill clinton was on the lolita express 26 times he went down there very powerful people bill gates That's was, the plane, right yeah um and he this sicko this creep this child molester and sex trafficker is uh very tightly connected That's with a, a lot of the elite in the world and whether they be Hollywood elite, political elite, uh, business elite, like the, I believe it was the, the CEO of Barclays had over 1,200 email exchanges with Jeffrey Epstein uh, with a lot of cryptic language. One of the code phrases being Snow White, which is an interesting choice of words. Um, and yeah, I think... Wait, I think, did you subscribe? Did Card just subscribe? Yes, maybe. No, I um, but yeah, this is like, don't let this just... Get swept under the rug. This is an important case. Kevin Spacey. This just, is not going to, this case is not going to be swept under the rug. Mark. It better not be. Well, like, uh, I hope you're right. And, I, and just in case uh, the intention is to sweep it under the rug, I feel compelled to to say, pay attention, freaks. Um, this is important. I think she's going to commit suicide. Commit suicide, yeah. Shooting herself in the back yeah. of the head. Yeah, I think that's what's going to happen. But uh, I think there's going to be plenty of coverage. Yeah, she probably is going to get suicided. Fuck. 
I just think it's interesting that there's like so much like there's no coverage of this. Like the case hasn't fucking started yet. Like it the has trial hasn't started. Car, go back to that that Maxwell trial tracker. Like just the the Twitter page. Like he's been tweeting, he or she has been tweeting about the case already. Um go down. Go down like like three or yeah, four. Do you think Epstein on Bitcoin? I wouldn't be shocked. I mean Bitcoin's perfect for him. Mm-hmm. You think Epstein's dead? I don't, but that's a topic. So, do you think day. he owns Bitcoin? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. So, yes, you think he owns yes, Bitcoin? Yes, yes. Um, I don't think he can. So, use, I don't think he can use his uh, his uh, Deutsche Bank bank accounts anymore. So, you think Epstein's Epstein's a Bitcoiner? <laughs> it's, it's the uh, it's the currency of enemies. And, <laughs> and I, and uh, serial I mean, pedophiles I'm, I'm are my enemies. So. Recap to ask the hard questions. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, yeah, be aware, freaks. Like the like the video, all caps. <laughs> bring uh, bring that up at Thanksgiving dinner. Hey, Aunt Susan, what are your thoughts on the Ghislaine Maxwell case? Maybe that's the litmus test, litmus test for whether or not it's being covered. She's like, "What do you mean?" I thought. Oh, you don't like Bitcoin? Have you heard that Jeffrey Epstein is probably a Bitcoiner? Do <laughs> <laughs> you want to learn how to buy? <laughs> Do you have Cash App? <laughs> oh, fuck. This is a good rip. This was a good rip. Um, I'll finish my whiskey and we can finish this podcast. I love you, freaks. I love you, Marty. Car, you're fucking killing it. We needed you for 173 episodes. Uh, I'm 171. He's been here for three. This is his third. Can we get, can we put a, can we put the bubble up car? No, can we do? Yeah. Car, throw the bubble up. There's car. There he is. Uh, Can we, can we do like asterisks on the thing? So can we start counting cars episodes? Oh, you're asking a lot now. What do you mean? Am I asking a lot? Can we put it in the show notes, like on the bottom? Well, what we do like, have, what we do have is podcasting 2.0. Car is now officially part of the rev split of that. Um, no, no, but we should. So what is this? This is his third rabbit hole recap? Yes, I believe so. Right? So can we start putting a counter for how many episodes Car has been with us in in the show notes of, yes. our, of our shows like Car... Four, car five, car six. Okay, yes, but I still write the show notes and all that. So we're anchor. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm asking you, bro. Anchor, you got to make it so we can have many admins on the fucking site. We can only have one admin. And then, well, you could just trust me with the password, and I could just sign it. Yeah, we can do that too. Um, yeah, it's I mean, it's been 174 episodes, Marty. Every week, I just think you're gonna go in there and just. Rug pull. I, I might go thing. Rambo. I Anchor, might go Rambo. Anchor won't let me take the the money off the site and put it into our bank account. Um, yeah, but I don't care about the fiat. I just yeah. want the Bitcoin. And well, we could take it and put it in the bank account, and buy Bitcoin with it. Like Stripe's integrations. Like, wait, so they, have they rug pulled us? We can't even take the fucking Anchor money. Yeah, it's yeah. It's you never, Marty, never told me this. He only tells me this like two hours and forty five minutes into a fucking show. Yeah, well, I'm. I'm it's still there. Like it says you have this much in your wallet and I'm like, can I, can I take it off? They're like, no. And I'm like, how much do we have stuck in anchor? Only like 500 bucks, but. Oh, okay. Whatever. Crazy. A million sats. 
Yeah. I'm, I'm willing to give that away for you to just fucking dance upstairs. <laughs> uh, we're dancing upstairs now. What up, Car? Car, what do you think of this episode? How are you feeling about Thanksgiving? Oh man, I'm I'm so excited, dude. We're going. Uh, we're doing a uh, a friendsgiving here uh, at Keon's house. He's uh, he does Stacker News, so uh, it's gonna be fun. Boss. Oh, the Stacker News guys, Austin. Yeah, dude. There's so many Bitcoiners here. Austin's a Bitcoin uh, city. We didn't need to Stacker issue a bond for it. What? Austin's a Bitcoin city. We didn't need to issue a bond for it. We just, <laughs> we just need to show up. I thought you were defend. You defended the bond. I like the bond. You you like the bond. I like the bond, but like, yeah, I think I I would like the bond. I like the bond. If the debt, I mean, I do like, <laughs> and again, I do like the mining infrastructure part. I'm not a big fan of the city. So when Austin Bitcoin bond? I don't know. Got to figure out a good, good, uh, good reason to raise debt. Well, I'll call your bond to shitcoin when it happens. Thank you. They're making that city coin on stacks. Mm. We uh, well, we already talked about stacks. Protest that shit. I will never talk about stacks again. We've got some heavy hitter Austin Bitcoiners fighting back against that, trying to get to the mayor. Um, what episode did I talk about stacks? Like RHR week of random date? Two weeks ago. See, that's why the numbers are important. It's easier to rattle off. Number 72, 172. Yeah, are we going to change all the numbers? Are we going to go back and revise yeah, history? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back. already doing and, it. I'm going to go back and clean them all up, but that's Let's like a Sunday go. afternoon thing. Car, you're fucking MVP over there. Grateful for you. Well, another, another business on air item. We The three of us need to uh, hop on a Jitsi call and decide like brand aesthetics. and, and um, We could use Wiz's Jitsi. He gave, me, he gave me full access, unlike you, with Anchor. I just inhaled. I just inhaled. But no nicotine, so it's okay. <laughs> hey, I still want like a semi-apology for that. No, I'm not. I will never fucking apologize to you. I will end the show before I apologize to you. <laughs> Wiz's you Jitsi. Wiz's Jitsi is a funny phrase. You could take that many directions if you don't know what Jitsi is. I like the bond. All right. You heard it here first. Mando Dell, big fan of the bond. <laughs> I like the bond. There you go. Uh, all right. We're rambling. I now. love you, Marty. I love you, Car. I love you, freaks. I love Be you grateful. Too, love you too, Marty. Care about care about your people. Stay humble, stack sets. I love all y'all. Matt, Car, freaks, haters, lovers, people want to destroy Bitcoin. People want to make it happen. I love you all. Love is what's going to get us through these dark times. Peace and love, freaks. Tiki!